0: drink and I know things. What's up y'all and welcome to another episode of I'ma need more wine, a podcast about shit we like and shit we don't like. This is Christine and with me as always is my lovely
1: co-host Jocelyn hello christine hello lovely listeners today we are doing one of my favorite things in the entire world which is saluting mothers and doing so by discussing one of our favorite fictional mothers animated fucking legend linda belcher of bob's burgers Woo! so a little bit about the premise of this episode if you guys follow us on social media then you'll see that we posted a list of You know, select Bob's Burgers episodes that we watched. I watched the series. Christine is a newbie to the series. So I tried to pick some episodes that I thought highlighted Linda as a character, Linda as a mother, Linda as a wife. Just sort of the Linda-ness of it all. She is just one of my favorite characters on any show, animated or otherwise, and we're going to salute mothers today by saluting Linda Belcher, who is just one of my messiest wine-loving faves of all time, and speaking of wine or other adult beverages, Christine, tell the good people what you're drinking today.
0: I am taking it back to Portugal. And having some sour cherry liqueur. It's called uh, Jinja. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Actually, I have Google Translate ready to say it for me in case I forgot how to say it. And (laughs) the proper way to say it is... Jinja. Okay, yeah, I totally did not nail that at all. But
1: <laughs> that's, that's what I'm okay. drinking. <laughs> it,
0: it's so flipping good, but it's definitely something that you sip on. Um, mm. So I will be uh, taking a little nip here and there throughout the recording. But it's one of my absolute favorite, favorite things to drink. How about you, Jocelyn? What
1: are you drinking? Okay, so I'm still doing my series of bootlegs and Um Nice. <laughs> and I, I just love a good, you know... I love a good red wine with a hint of the orange or the citrusy taste to it. But this week, I'm doing it with Smith & Hook's Cabernet Sauvignon, which I am mixing with a splash of sun-kissed orange. And I hope that doesn't offend anyone's taste, but that is who I am. And I'm living in my truth, and it's quite tasty. I actually think this wine is actually quite tasty without the orange. Um, so I think the next glass I pour, I'm going to skip the sun-kissed, but it is very delicious it's one of the wines that i got off of wine.com so wine.com if you'd like to sponsor us you know how about your girls um we love you and we love that you're still delivering in the times of the rona thank you for your services
0: yeah definitely i got um two bottles of kava delivered to my door this week and i mm. was couldn't have been more delighted so yes. thank you to kate if you're listening for that present
1: totally loved it that is amazing
0: Mm -hmm. So while we have our glasses ready, I think we should raise them to the listeners of Adelaide, South Australia, which is the location of our listener toast this week. So we do have a few listeners in Australia, but all of a sudden in the past few weeks, Adelaide just kind of shot up out of nowhere. And we're really, really excited to have so many listeners from that part of the world. So, so far away from us. But we thank you and we raise our glass to you.
1: Yes, toasting it. I'm going to rattle the glass here with the the ice (laughs) and the wine and the orange soda. I am such a basic bitch. Okay, and I'm taking a sip and salute to our listeners in Adelaide. Thank you so much for your support. Mm. Delicious. I had to lean back from the mic there so my moist swallow is not captured. <laughs> mm. Okay. All right. Christine, what's the shit you like this week? Okay, so this actually didn't happen
0: this week. It yeah. happened to me this week. Therefore, okay. it should I like that happen this week. That so, is completely fair. Um, <laughs> I was talking with some friends and they were telling me that they were watching the uh, revival of ESPN's channel Ocho, which is kind of like a it's kind of like a parody station of ESPN, but it's a legit ESPN station where they broadcast off the beaten path competitions Mm. and some shit that I liked that happened this week was the fact that they did a rebroadcast of the 51st national rock skipping competition. Oh my god, that is amazing. And <laughs> let me tell you that like the specific clip I saw was this beefcake of a man skipping Aww. a rock. Oh, okay. In in the water, right? But like he had the narrowest waist. The broadest chest, the biggest arms. And I'm like, is he training for rock skipping? Because that looks like a rock skipping body. Like, his legs weren't anything really to speak of. But the waist from, like, the turning motion of, like, skipping rocks. And then his shoulders
1: and his arms were all big.
0: And I'm like, is bra really training for
1: skipping rocks? It also sounds like you're talking about someone who is shaped like a Dorito from the waist up. 100%
0: complete Dorito man (laughs) complete Dorito man I was not yes he's a Dorito man 100% and I didn't even get to look at his face to tell you if he's like that level of a snack or not but he definitely had a Dorito body at least
1: Mm. okay Mm -hmm. I'm into a sexy Dorito but listen the
0: 51st National Rock Skipping Competition, like, there were 50 before
1: this one? Right. That's a that's a revelation, for sure. Like, there were 50 others. I love that, that that is, that that's a thing that's happened. <laughs> like, wow.
0: Yeah, man. That's yeah. what the Rona has reduced us to.
1: Well... Rock Skippers, I'm rooting for you all. I'm I'm very excited about. It. I'm glad that they've got their platform. That I mean, listen, yeah. we got to take all of the small victories that we can, and Rock Skippers getting their time. I'm here for it. Mhm. And we, but the thing was the
0: revelation of this led to so many questions like do you get your rocks there at the competition? Can you bring your own rocks? Can you
1: manufacture your own rocks? I mean, like, you gotta provide the rocks, right? Because there's, uh, it, where there's a cheating will, there's a cheating way. Mm hmm.
0: That's the thing. And then folks were like, well, is it more about the rock or is it more about the competitor and the skill and the timing of the waves and all of that? And it just, it, like it literally sparked the most ridiculous discussion that I've ever had the privilege of being a part of. And I loved every second of it. But yeah, lots of questions. Lots of questions about rock skipping competitions.
1: Okay, so if you and our lovely listening audience are a professional or budding professional or amateur or just do it as a hobby, if you're into rock skipping, if you would kindly add us on social media, Pod, mm-hmm. or shoot us an email, Pod at gmail.com, and like present yourselves and, and like let us know just give us a primer or, or we're willing to do our googles if you want to give us a few links but guys we have some questions we got some q's that are going to mm-hmm. need some a's and we want to pick your brain so if you are a rock skipper of any sort i'd love to hear from you we'd both love to hear from you
0: yeah i got questions about the circuit man so hit us up
1: absolutely
0: so what happened to you this
1: week that you liked Okay, so the thing that I like this week literally happened this weekend. I was like thinking about like uh I think after we decided to record today, I was like, Well, I mean, I don't know, for me, like every day I get up and all of my loved ones are getting up and we're all like, you know, hanging in there, I consider that a victory. (laughs) I was like, but I was like, I should probably try to bring a little bit more razzle dazzle. So I did discover something that I truly enjoyed from the bottom of my heart. And that is the Digital Drag Con. So you guys know that we love RuPaul's Drag Race. And I think I might have mentioned it during our two-part episode. But I am, like, a hardcore, like, I also go to Drag Con. Like, uh, they do it in L.A. They do it in New York. L.A. is still my fave because I think it just gets more attendance from the queens. And I was planning to go to DragCon this year, which happened to be this weekend, and I kind of, like, tried to stop thinking about it, because I was, like, kind of bummed, because I was looking forward to my trip to L.A. I have friends that I meet up with out there. I, you know, there's just so many fun parts about it. There's, like, a hotel that I stay in that has this amazing fried rice. Like, it's a whole thing, guys. It's a whole tradition that I've had since the first year of DragCon, so... Much to my surprise and delight, the good folks and the organizers behind DragCon decided to take the whole event digitally. So, if you go to World of Wonders' YouTube account, they've been streaming a digital DragCon, like, all day yesterday. It's still going on today. And you can tell it's, like, they clearly, like, prepared for it in advance. So, like, all of these, like, amazing queens, performers, entertainers, supporters have, like, they've been putting on panels, they've been doing performances, and one of my favorite queens from season two, Mystique Summers, like, she did this amazing performance. Mama had, like, Special effects with the presentation, outfit changes. Um, Alyssa Edwards, another one of my favorite queens of all times, danced to Flash Dance in her studio. Like the performances, the queens have really like put in so much time and effort in making this special. So it just really kind of lifted my spirits. Um, you know, since I won't be able to do the real DragCon in twenty twenty, they haven't canceled the New York. Um, leg of the con but I'm assuming New York is probably not going to happen either New York usually happens in the fall but it was such a lovely gift and I'm so glad you know sometimes with World of Wonder they do like to make some coin off of um, off of what they offer but this is free and it's available so I will put a link to it in the show notes but it's been such a good time and it's like Con is really especially for the queens in the current season so like for the season 12 Queens. It's such a great promotional opportunity for them. So they've been in on the fun and, you know, putting together performances. But I love it because it's an opportunity to reconnect with, like, the Queens of seasons past. And they haven't disappointed. It's just really been fun. I, you know, check it out. And what I love about it is, like, for each Queens performance, like, they give you, like, their Venmo, their PayPal, like, you know, opportunities to tip them. So, as we've repeatedly said, you know, support these queens who are, you know, putting in their time, queens who typically rely on, you know, live performances for their bread and butter. You know, if you have a dollar or two to spare, please throw a little something something their way.
0: Yeah, and I think um Digital Dragon will be over by the time this episode is live, but it will be up on YouTube at World of Wonders. Um, YouTube page so you should definitely still be able to check it out and of course support the queens for all the performances that you absolutely love.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's why I said I would share the link because it should still be available for streaming after this is over. But I just as a caution, like it's just sort of streaming is one big chunk. So I haven't seen timestamps yet. Maybe they'll add in some later, but you can always just use the little fast forward button to see what they're offering. And they may put up a guide after the weekend ends to sort of, you know, show you when certain performances occurred. But yes, yes, yes. Go to the go go to the World of Wonder YouTube and look up Digital DragCon, but we'll link to it as well. As well and also you can go to the RuPaul's Dracon Twitter account and you know you can they've been doing a good job it's sort of like pulling out certain performances and highlighting them so if you're mm-hmm. just looking for a taste of what they have to offer you can certainly go there too okay all right is it time to get into the corona corner and serve yes. up our Ronarex?
0: <laughs> Ronarex, corona Rex? corona Rex corona
1: corner Christine Tell Mm -hmm. us all, tell us everything about your Rona Wreck this
0: week. Okay, so this is something that I've been doing for a couple of weeks now, completely inspired by my friend Chris, who is absolutely amazing, who I've known for so long. She had a lovely game day back in March for her birthday, and I was just like, how the fuck is she going to have a game night in these Rona days? Like, how is that going to work? So, we all got on Zoom on our computers, and then she told us to go to jackbox.tv on our cell phones. So, we all do that, and then next thing we know, we see on Zoom that we're gonna be playing a game and we're supposed to enter our room number, and we put in the room code and like our nickname. And next thing you know, we're all playing games and like talking and kikiing via Zoom, but playing games via our cell phones. So, I've been having a grand old time hosting game, game nights ever since. So, basically, you need a couple of items. Of course, you're going to need the games. And I got them from Jackbox Games, which is the people who created You Don't Know Jack. And they have a series of games that you could play. Now, what I've done was download this application called Steam. Steam is kind of like your arcade. It's where it hosts all of the games that you get from Jackbox. And then you can share your Steam window on Zoom and sharing your computer audio. And then everybody in your Zoom party are able to see what's going on with the game, see what the room number is, go to on their smartphone, enter in the, the room number, and play whatever fun game it is that you've decided to play. My favorite these days is Quiplash. Um, Quiplash is, how do I describe this? It is a game where they give you a prompt and everyone fills in their response to the prompt. And folks can choose which one they like best, right? The people who did not participate in providing the prompts Will um will answer will will vote on which one they like best. So when you start the game, you could have eight players playing Quiplash, but then almost like an unlimited number of people in the audience who get to follow along and vote for the answers that they like. And each participating player gets to respond to two prompts, and folks vote on which one they like best. And because it's an amalgamation of my friends, all of the responses are dirty. All of them. they nasty. <laughs> they nasty. And so you just end up having a grand old time just, like, laughing and, you know, just recognizing how witty your friends are and folks are getting to know one another. And it's lovely because you could have these parties where – you know, if you've got folks who, you've got friends all over the country who typically can't come together for a random game night, but you can now because most folks have internet at home and, you know, a computer that they can use and meet up on on Zoom and play a game together. So, Game nights have been a lot of fun and crossing all types of time zones and have been actually pretty therapeutic in these fucking Rona days. Have you participated in any game nights, Jasmine?
1: I have. I just did one. I'm. I unfortunately missed your game night last night, which was a bummer, and so because I was joining another game night uh, for one of my friends who was celebrating her birthday, I have a lot of Tauruses in my life that I didn't realize that until birthday season came around, and, then goes, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, this is, you know, like, all right, this is what... These are my friends. This is why I love them so much. This is why we're all so compatible. So she also did the Jackbox games, and we just, like, did, like, an assortment. So, like, one of them was, like, this monster dating game where, like, you come into it, and each person that goes into into the dating game is a monster, but you don't know, like, which monster you are at first. But the thing, like, so the prompt does tell you, like, in your phone, like, this is the weird thing that you like to do. So, like... My thing kept telling me that I like to collect hairs from the people that I dated. It was really weird. (laughs) And And so then they also, like, throw this robot into the dating pool. And it basically tells you that, like, if the robot ends up being last in the game, the robot is going to destroy and kill everyone. Um, so that was a lot of pressure because we didn't have any control over that robot. And also, (laughs) one of the rules was that, like, the robot lost a heart, like, at the end of every round. So, so someone needed to, like, match with the robot to at least keep the scales balanced. So, like, it's like each round you have, like, four, like, little messages that you can send in the game either to your friends, like, you know, It's supposed to be, like, flirty, not flirty stuff, but it's, like, that's when you're, like, making your pitch, like, okay, date me. And so, like, my friend Marcus and I, because Marcus was there, we are both, like, huge Animal Crossing people. So, we were talking about how Animal Crossing is, like, the furry agenda in our chat. And then, like, I would go. I had decided that I was going to save humanity by trying to match with The robot so I would like go in and chat with the robot and be like bleep 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 and (laughs) the robot would be like um I like oil and I'm like yeah you need to keep it moist um (laughs) so each round because I chatted so much with the robot the robot and I kept like matching with each other and I ended up winning the game the robot came in second which was good because we didn't all like you know get destroyed in the end and my secret monster i was a witch and that's why i was collecting hairs it was so weird and then we like played this other game that's like a sorting game i can't remember the name of it but that this is the one that i had the most fun with it's like you pick a category so like there was one category that was like avengers and it's supposed to, like, test, like, your personality types. So it'll give you four Avengers, and then you have to, like, take your friends that are, like, playing in the game, and you have to drop them, like, which friend is which Avenger? And, like, you answer a couple of questions, and, like, you get more points if there's, like, a tiebreaker or if there's, like, a split, like my friend Marcus. So I thought that Marcus was... Um, black panther because he was an option and my friend abby picked marcus as iron man so then like you have a call out question where you have to sort of you have to sort out marcus's personality traits so that you can figure out like which which category he belongs in so we did that right so i had said black panther she said iron man and then somehow the game just said nope Marcus is both long-haired Thor and short-haired one-eyed Thor. And it was like, what? So, what? <laughs> it was so funny and so random. So you keep at, you keep answering these like Avengers-themed questions. And then at the end, like the part, like everyone, so Marcus ended up winning because he was the one that we had to keep, like, doing sort of the the additional questions. And anytime, like, if you're someone who creates a tie or a split in the vote, or like, you know, a group of people feel one way and then the other half feel the other way, you as the player, you get extra points. So he ended up winning, and when you win, it, like, gives you a breakdown of your personality type. And it is always an attack. So I think his, when he won that round of the game, he was, like, the bumbling, almost heartthrob hero. And we were like, wow, that is, that is. An attack, um, <laughs> and we did a similar one with like Scooby Doo, and then we did one which delighted my heart. There was a round like on Drag Race where you sorted everyone based on like Drag Race sayings, Drag Race entrances, and things like that, and of course I won that round. And then we did um, a murder, a murder mystery house quiz, like where you're all like in this murder mystery house, and you have to like answer questions. Um, It's, like, random trivia. And so, like, if you get a certain number wrong, you die. But if everybody dies, then it brings one person back, and then the other two players, like, have to compete to try to come back. So, like... I managed to survive, like, midway through the game. But then there was a point where we were, like, all dead. And, the you know, a win in the game was on the line. And the last trivia question was about drag race. I'm like, this app is absolutely reviewing and looking at my data because I cannot (laughs) believe we are getting, like, the second drag race-related question of the day. But long story short, uh, because it was a drag race question, I got it right. And I managed to survive... The murder mystery house but it was lots of fun and I just you know co-signed Christine's recommendation the games are just so random and so fun like there's a doodle game that we played where like it's like you go around certain places in the city and you make a mural and that just went down that just sort of spiraled out of control real quickly because (laughs) like you pick like two people face off and draw a picture and then you know you as then you like then the everyone else that's playing you vote on the mural and of course you always go with the mural that's like you know off the beaten path so there was one round where like we went with someone that drew a toilet and it just ended up being like America the shithole mural that was placed on the side of a church and it was amazing oh. <laughs>
0: So I was just I was following until you got to on the side of a church. Yes,
1: because <laughs> like, you oh, God. You don't exa- You don't know when you go into it. You don't know where your final mural is gonna be. So you're like just doing different rounds where everyone's like doing doodles (laughs) and facing off. And because it started with the toilet, it was like, well, why not? Like, and then I think I won a round because I like did a little squiggly of Trump and put him in the toilet next to some shit. So that's when we just really leaned into it. We had no idea that the final place for our mural was going to be a church. We may have made some different choices but we stood stood behind the message we definitely stood behind the message so it was it was fun it was definitely fun
0: so what are your particular ronorex for our corona corner this week
1: all right so since i've gone on so long about christine's ronorex i'm gonna keep mine really simple (laughs) i've been um rewatching some episodes of community, which is now it used to be on Hulu and then a couple of weeks ago it came back to Netflix and that sort of sparked, you know, a a, a renewed interest. Like there are lots of fan driven community podcasts that have come out. And then some of the actors from the show decided to use the Netflix relaunch to start their own podcast. And so I started watching um some episodes and it's just I just forgot like how funny and irreverent the show is in particular I just love Jim Rash for those of you that have watched community he plays the dean and he god he is so funny he's not even like a main character but he's just like this hidden gem in this otherwise like really perfect cast so if you have Netflix I just suggest I don't know if some of the humor from Community necessarily holds up in 2020, but it is otherwise a really, really funny show. And so that is my Rona Rec.
0: Well, nice. I do have to say, though, I have a bone to pick with you about a previous Rona Rec that you made.
1: Okay, go for it.
0: So I believe one of your past Rona recommendations was Animal Crossing, was it not?
1: Um, The best thing ever, one of my Islanders, Teddy, the one that I I think I have a crush on, don't Mm -hmm. judge me, I might be giving it to the furry agenda, one day this week he asked me if I'd eat lunch. And I was like, "Oh my God! How much of this data is this game?" He's been reading my
0: text to you. It does exactly. I was like, "Has Teddy
1: Teddy been reading, Christine?" I was like, "Animal Crossing is absolutely reading my text messages, and I don't even know how because I play Animal Crossing on a Switch, not my phone, but it must all be connected."
0: Jocelyn has not been eating, y'all. And I literally text her every day and be like, have you eaten yet? Have you eaten yet? 9 o'clock is not a proper time for breakfast when it's PM, Jocelyn. No. no.
1: But is anyway, it... I'm yeah, not trying to anyway. lecture
0: you again because you get this lecture <laughs> from me every fucking day. Um, But one of the reasons why you said that Animal Crossing is so delightful is that even though – It's very similar to the Daily Grind. There's no Rona in Animal Crossing. Right. And so I was talking to a friend last night who also plays Animal Crossing, and she was telling me about how meditative it can be, and it's really helping her, and she's got, you know, anxiety, but the game is, like, very soothing for her. And she suggested that I watch someone play the game. So I went on YouTube today and literally watched someone play Animal Crossing. And in doing this, I decided to get a Switch. I was like, you know what? I might play this game. I could see how meditative this can be. Yes. And I think I'm going to get into it. So I bought the Switch. I bought the game. and would be able to pick it up from the Best Buy across the street on Friday. And then I watched as Daisy May arrived.
1: Who is Daisy May? I do not know of this Daisy May.
0: Daisy May came with her turnips.
1: Oh, the
0: turnip lady! Yeah, the Daisy turnip May. lady, oh, and man. her Grandma Joan or her Aunt Joan, who is like the big turnip queen, and she has in snot. the archipelago. Snot. Yeah. Daisy Mae showed up with snot dripping from her nose. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. Daisy
0: Mae got the Rona, and you withheld this information, Jocelyn.
1: So, okay, to be fair, I don't know if this is new or not. I'm going to have to, like, look into it. But, like, so, okay, she came to my island this morning with her fucking turnips. And, of course, I made, like, a ridiculous investment in the turnips because I'm like, okay, I'm trying to, like, you know, really make some cash. This week was my first week turning a profit on turn of sales, which was a good thing. Um, and when I looked at her, I was like, why do you have this snot coming out of your nose? But just so you know, Christine, like, snot is totally a thing you can buy. So, okay, you're a newbie. So what? There's this place called, like, Able Sisters, and Able Sisters is where all the girls go to get their fashions for Animal Crossing, and you need to, Christine, what you need to do is, like, you need to give me your switch codes, so I can get you into a network, I can get you into a, a private Twitter group where we all talk about things our islands have, but I can also get you some people who can come and bring you some fruits. I don't know what kind of island you have, but when you first start Animal Crossing, Like, you're designated with a certain fruit. So, like, when I joined, I was designated with just pears, and that's all my island had. But if you have a friend that comes and visits you, or they don't even have to visit you, they can just gift you. Like, I can gift you apples, oranges, and cherries, and coconuts. And you can just plant a little coconut tree, like, boom, just like that, and then your island will have all of the fruits available. But long story short, so in Able Sisters, the clothing shop, you can go in and you can see all the stuff to buy and like they will, they will on occasion have like little prank things that you can purchase. So like this week in my, today like it, it switches on a daily basis and my Able Sister shop you can buy like a puppy nose and I'm like girl, I don't want this puppy nose but in a when I went to go visit another friend's island a few days ago, Abel sister was selling Able sisters was selling snot. And I'm like, this is not a cute thing. Like, this is not a thing that I want to put on my character. I don't want my no. little my little pumpkin running around with snot coming out her nose. That being said, if you're super concerned, every now and then in the Nook shop, they will offer face masks because I sent some to my friends. With a little message that was like, you know, in case that Rona hit, you can get a medical mask. But snot out the nose is not the Rona. It's not, the Rona is not there yet. There are killer tarantulas who will make you pass out. And the killer wasp or bees, if they sting you twice, you will pass the fuck out from that too. Which is really on brand for 2020 now that we have like the murder bees or whatever that are coming Mm -hmm, to the country. Them hornets. Yes. (laughs) But... But thus far, you do not have to practice social distancing. I go and I chat with my people all the time. Like, I give them little gifts, and they give me gifts, and we don't have to have six feet between us. So it is still a Rona-free zone, Christine. And welcome to your new addiction. But no, I'm serious. Like, you need to send me – I need to hook you up. Like, you, you need a care package. You need a welcome to Animal Crossing package. So you need to tell me what your information is. You need to send your switch code. So I can hook you up with some good fruit so you can, like, you know, have some variety. And I can talk to you about – I just taught my friend Marcus this week about how you can, like, like grow different colored flowers. It's like, I'm currently working on some black tulips, and he didn't know that, and he's been playing longer than me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you some tulips, and I'm going to show you how to do it. I also hooked him up with some roses. So, listen. And I'll get you into the Twitter DM group. Um... You just – you don't have to, like, visit your friends all the time, but it's good to just have a network of people when you need, like, some supplies or stuff. Like, for me, my biggest thing was I liked going to Able Sisters to shop. So, like, every other day I would (laughs) check my friend Marcus, and I'd be like, Marcus, can I come visit? And I would literally come – I'd speak to some of his people on his island, and then I'd, like, just go straight to Able Sisters and just buy me some cute outfits and then come back to my little island and be all to myself – But now that I have Able Sisters, like, I did, I went to him. I was like, hey, if you ever want to come to my Able Sisters, you can come over and see what they have. But the best thing about it is, like, when you go visit or, like, if I came to visit you or came to visit me, like, your islanders start gossiping about the person that visited. They'll be like, hey, I heard Christine came to visit. Did you know that this was the name of her island? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We'll see if she come back again. Child, they are messy.
0: So this guy that I was watching, there was some type of maybe it was a seagull, and oh he was dru- always yeah. at the shore. Yeah, some drunk motherfucker. Yeah, he
1: be <laughs> he be drunk. Mm hmm. He be drunk.
0: Oh my god. But yeah, no, I was I was mad when Daisy May showed up with the fucking Rona. I'm like, I'm not interested in having the Rona on my island on day three. Like this is just inappropriate.
1: I sure you should have to have the Rona. That drunk Seagull will absolutely. And the thing about the drunk Seagull is, you gotta like try to wake him up like four or five times before he actually wakes up. Like if you just like go and try to talk to him, he won't wake up. And it's right. it was like weeks before I realized I was like, oh, I have to actually like try to harass this thing to get him to wake up. and then he sends you like on this whole task and you complete it, and then he'll send you a little gift in the mail the next day. And, I mean, there's so much thing. I mean, we gotta talk about the guy that will send you fake art and call you a cousin. I mean, it's a lot, Christine, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean lot. one thing that
0: concerned me though, is the guy that I was watching on YouTube. he got a he got a letter from his mom. And I was just like, how the fuck you know that everybody's mom is still with them? Like, can you imagine having lost your mom? You play Animal Crossing and you get a letter from your fucking mother?
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, I think if I had one nitpick, I love Animal Crossing. But there, there are two things that bother me. I, like you said, I don't love the letters from mom. I'm like, this is weird. Like, you could just, because you get gifts, like, from people in the game. And I'm like, it would be easy enough for you to just make this sort of a, a gift from someone in the net, in the game, or a gift from fucking Tom Nook, because Tom Nook sends you shit. I don't like right. that. Um, Especially
0: since you basically free labor for him.
1: Yes! I also like those two little fucking coons, Timmy and Tommy, in the Nook shop. It's not so I'm bad. really mad you
0: call them coons, but I'm like, but she's also accurate.
1: Yes! Like, so, when you get to the point... So, it's not so bad when they're still in, like, the tent. But then there's a point where you will upgrade and, like, you will open up your own nooks corner. And them little motherfuckers be following you around and be all up your ass. And it's like, listen, sirs, little tiny coon sirs, I am not here to steal. So why you all up in my grill when I'm trying to see what y'all got on sale today? I'm just in here browsing, and you are literally up my butt. Like, you have to literally, like, push him out of the way. And sometimes I find that a little bit upsetting, because I'm like, this feels a little bit too like, the real world as well. So those would be my two, like, tiny, tiny nitpicks. Otherwise, I'd love the game. But, yeah, the mom thing is a lot. It's a lot. Speaking of moms, um, Christine. Let's get into our topic of the week, which we know is Linda Belcher, but I thought it would be fun if we first shared, um, and just full disclosure, this is also going to be for social media purposes. Christine, who is your favorite fictional mom? I'm assuming that you're going to give me some big Jawa energy, and you're going to give me more than one fictional mom. But if you don't, it's okay. But... I mean, duh. I got to give you more (laughs) than one.
0: I got to give you more than one um, this go. was actually kind of hard for me because they didn't just like jump to mind right away. And I really had to think about it. And I'll just give all three at the same time, Claire Huxtable, Molly Weasley, and Sophia Petrillo.
1: <laughs> ah, I love that we both shared so i've got I've got two others who are different, but I love that we both shared. Claire Huxtable. I, I used to feel like we're both two black women and, like, Claire yeah. Huxtable, there's part of me that was like, can we talk about Cosby show stuff? But I'm like, fuck that. You know, yeah. Felicia Rashad didn't commit those crimes. We can celebrate exactly. Felicia Rashad. And we could still, you know, salute Claire Huxtable. But, I mean, seriously, when I think outside of, like, the old school shows, so I watched Good Times, I watched Ask My Mama, I watched, like, those shows. But for me, Claire was, like, the first big example like you know black mom working mom um there is an iconic episode where she goes off on Vanessa and talks about hanging with the Mm -hmm. wretched like I she Mm -hmm. is everything and I also had Sophia on my you know how I feel about the you know how I feel about Sophia fucking Petrillo you knew (laughs) like there is no way I want you to have Sophia motherfucking Petrillo on my list. But I want to hear why you had those two women as well as your third pick. So you go on and then I will come back in with the other two um, spectacular moms that I want to salute. Well, I
0: feel like Claire and Sophia are relatively similar in that they're both really tough moms but they're also really funny and fun to be around and Mm -hmm. never lost their youth. I mean, Sophia's old as fuck, right? Like, we've got, (laughs) like, her... The golden girls are talking about her daughter and her daughter's friends. So, like, Sophia is beyond golden, right? But yet she still has this youth about her that I absolutely loved. Um, And it was the same thing with Claire. She, like you said... Was this mom who was juggling so many different things, so many fucking kids, a high pressure career, a husband with a high pressure career, and all of those things while still being so loving and caring and hilarious and love to go out and dance and do these family, you know, um, choreographed pieces together? Like, she was just. How could you not fucking love Claire Huxtable and look at your own mom and be like, mm. "Like, are you paying attention to this TV show, lady? Like, are you looking at this woman? Are you
1: taking notes?" <laughs> exactly. Like, take I notes, mean, she mom. was just, she
0: was, yeah, she was the ideal growing up as a young black kid, you know, and in New York. You know, she, they, the Huxables lived in Brooklyn, and I just felt like I want to be a part of that family, or at least know that family, because this woman seems like the ideal mom and wife and friend, and I fucking love her.
1: And she was an attorney! Yeah, (laughs) and she was an attorney,
0: which, which, spoiler alert, we both grew up to be, so. So, yeah, so Claire Huxable's always been at the forefront of my mind, um, as I was growing up. Sophia's another tough mom. You know who always wants the best. For her daughter. And even though her daughter was grown as hell. That advice never stopped. And I guess I loved her. Because I saw so much of my mom. In Sophia. Uh-huh. Um, The sarcasm. Uh, she just. She's a character that I just connected to. And loved. I think her more than anyone else in that stellar stellar cast yeah um, but I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave you to really talk about Sophia because I know you fucking adore her um but of course I have to mention Molly Weasley from Harry Potter who is Ron's mom and I just love again, she's another tough mom who doesn't let shit slide with her kids at all. She does the absolute best that she can for them. She tries to instill them with a sense of family pride, and she will not let anyone fuck with her kids at all. And that includes her adopted children. Like, the amount the sacrifices that Molly Weasley made for both Hermione and Harry who are not her children but her sons' best friends show me what a remarkable person she is so and and that's also being a supportive mom like when your mom is supportive of your friends that's her support that's her showing love for you as well not just your friends Mm -hmm. so she's just oh she's just a fucking remarkable woman she's got this amazing line in the last movie when um when a witch is coming for her daughter and she's like not my daughter you bitch which is like the strongest language you'll hear in harry potter and and molly was the one that dropped it so i love me some molly weasley
1: well, damn. I have not watched the Harry Potter movies, but I love Molly from that description. She's pretty great. She's pretty she great. She sounds amazing. Um, So, I don't know that I have that much more. Like In my notes for so- Sophia, I just said, amazing sense of humor will read you for fucking filth, but cook you something mm-hmm. delicious. And I love <laughs> that, you know, and I think it's, there's something else that you said, like her zest for life. So, like, what I think is so complex and enjoyable about Sophia Petrillo as a character is that, yes, she is obviously, like, invested in supporting her pussy cat, you know, Dorothy, that she basically took on, you know, Blanche and Rose as her daughters as well, but, like, did not pull any punches. Like, you know, but was also sort of, I, I think that there are a lot of approaches to parenting, but Sophia, Sophia understood, like, my daughter and my daughters, when you think about Blanche and Rose, they're grown as women. So there was never like a topic that was like out of bounds with Sophia. Like she could talk about sex, love, vendettas, vengeance, getting you know, it there was just no limits to the wisdom she could spin a good yarn was just really fun um I just I I love her and just like kind of a messy bitch that lives for drama too I mean Sophia was kind of is just amazing and I think the I mean the thing that's so interesting about it right is that Estelle Getty who portrayed Sophia was pretty much, like, around the same age as the other women, but, of course, put on the wig and the makeup to age her, and that's always something that sort of fascinates me because she plays it so well, you Mm -hmm. know, as, as the elder to these women who are in real life actually her peers, but she's just so shady, enjoys being shady, enjoys cooking food, enjoys laughing at her daughters when they're being ridiculous, But also willing to sort of hunker down and be serious when it calls for it. I mean, just the best in all of the ways. Like, I love the Golden Girls. And Sophia, I just, Sophia just feels like my patronus. Like my, (laughs) like, (laughs) like, just, you know, the person who I think of that cast just speaks to me in all of the ways. Like, just, I love her. And I love that you included her on your list.
0: I love that you picked her as your patronus. Like she would definitely keep you from harm. <laughs> yes. Well. So yes. she's she's a fighter,
1: that one. And so speaking of my other two picks, I think they're also um mothers who would protect you from harm. And also just a salute. I think as Christine mentioned, I think, you know. We are certainly with anyone, and we hope this episode isn't triggering for people who have lost their mothers. We love you, and we're here for you, and we understand that. For those of you, a lot of times you end up, you know, with other people in your life who who step in and serve in that role, and then there. We also want to be. We want to acknowledge like, families come in all forms and functions and variety. So my other two picks are sort of a salute to two kick-ass mothers um, who I think fit that mold, the first of which is Blanca Evangelista. Of course. Who is loving, warm, kind, supportive, maybe a little too meddlesome at times, but I think it's, like, in the best way possible. Like, you know, Blanca wants the best for you. Blanca wants more for you. And if you are not, like, performing and existing at your very best blanca is the one that's going to come in with the game plan and tell you this is how it's going to happen i've already thought about it i've already invented it and typically blanca is fucking right so it's hard to sort of take issue with it we're like oh okay because she knows her children and she knows sort of how they're probably best equipped to thrive so in that mind i just I love her. She is one of my favorite fictional moms. And my other favorite fictional mom, which should come as a surprise to no one who has listened to this podcast, is Electra Abundance Evangelista Ferocity Wintour. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say her name with a certain, you know, bravado. Listen. Electra is not the softest mom in the world. She's not cuddly. She's not going to be the one who's going to, like, you know, give you hugs and kisses and all that good stuff. As Christine mentioned, she is part of a long line of tough-ass fictional moms. But here's what we do know about Electra as a mother. Mama raises some fierce fucking children. Whether it's Blanca, whether it's Candy, she raises children who are ready to get out in the world, take no prisoners, do their thing, shine, and take no shit from anyone that tries to pull it. She's the mom that you want in your corner if you need her to cut a bitch down, whether it is figuratively or literally. She's also resourceful and a survivor, you know, Listen, she knows how to make a buck. You know that you're going to eat. She might tell you that she can't come home if you don't win a category. But there's love behind it. She is trying to push you. Maybe not the best role model at times, but I love her. I love Blanca. And I think that part of Blanca's fierceness and sort of resilience is because Electra was such a great mother to her. Yeah. Um, so, those are my two, in addition to the, to the list, so. Those are solid. And then I think it goes without saying that one of my other favorite fictional moms is Linda fucking Belcher! <laughs> who is the subject of our podcast episode this week, so, Christine, Yes. It just brings me so much joy that you are now in the world of the Belchers, which is like one of the best worlds to exist in and know of. It's just, it's a good time. We're going to get into the Linda of it all, but I would love to just hear as a newbie to the Bob's Burgers family and a newbie to the Belcher family, please tell me and our lovely listeners your overall reaction.
0: Yeah, so I'm glad that you were able to give me a few episodes to watch to kind of, you know, give me an introduction to Linda because I had never seen the show before. And I decided to watch the very first episode, which wasn't on the list, just so I could kind of get a sense for the characters and whatnot and then move into the list of uh, of homework episodes that I needed to watch for this uh, for this podcast episode. And I texted you I think maybe halfway into the second episode and I said, Yes, you should have had me watching this show years ago. Like <laughs> I'm kinda mad that it took this long For me to watch Bob's Burgers. Because the show is so fucking funny. The one thing that took me a while to get used to. Was Bob. Because. And not his character. But just listening to Bob. Because Bob. (laughs) Is Archer. Yes is Archer. And I'm just like. This is so weird. I'm so used to this voice. Being associated with a. Extremely different animated character and it's just like it's it was so unnerving for a really long time like i don't think bob became bob until maybe like six or seven episodes in it took me a really long time to get over the h john benjamin-ness of it all Interesting. um and then bob f- was finally bob and i could stop thinking about that so that threw me off a little bit because I watched Arthur faithfully for years until the Dreamscape shit happened to completely tank that fucking show. So but H John Benjamin is still Archer to me. Um but the family was definitely one that I could relate to a little bit. Um, it provides so much comedy. Uh, I still have not memorized everyone's name. So the, the the faithful customer that they have, who's always at the counter. Teddy. Another fucking Teddy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I am pushing the Teddy agenda. Yes, Teddy. Uh, I fucking love Teddy. I love Teddy. He's so weird. He likes warm ice cream. But he's so faithful to the
1: Belchers. And I think he's in love with Linda. Um. Yes, Teddy also ate a sponge. Um, Yes. And I I don't think it's in the episodes that you watched, but there's also an episode where Teddy totally thinks that their last name is Burger. (laughs) Oh, my God. God. (laughs) That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. Teddy is the best. But I'm also glad that I watched the first episode. So to our listeners, if you decide to if you're a newbie like me and you decide to watch the episodes that we did to prepare for this episode, I also suggest watching the very first episode of the show because they kind of give you an introduction to the point of each of the kids, right? So I think if I had just jumped in without knowing that the sun is meant to be really fucking annoying at all times. How dare you? We will not... I would have felt I would have felt a little differently. Listen, that's what they say in the first episode. like um, he's annoying.
1: you He's annoying is the annoying that annoying.
0: He's an, at he... being annoying.
1: Oh my god, i'm I, I feel attacked. Okay,
0: so there's Jean, and then I yes. think they mentioned in the first episode that Tina might be on the spectrum.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Louise sort of suggests it. Um, oh, I was it Louise?
0: That it, you can't trust a thing Louise fucking That's says. what I was about
1: to say. I don't know. They suggest it, but I, I'll say I don't know that it's a thread that they've really followed through on for the rest of the show. Yeah. Just, yeah.
0: Yeah, but they're a very kooky family. They're very entertaining. I feel like Bob's trying to do the best that he can, <laughs> and he's just like, "This is the the lot that I've been given in life, um, and I'm just gonna try and do the best I can," which is an admirable, admirable thing. Um, so yeah, it's a good show. I think I will add it to my list of DVR shows to watch. Is it still? Are they still making new episodes?
1: Yep, I think we've got a few more episodes left in the current season, but because you watched the premiere, please watch the, ne- the next episode, Crawl Space, because that is such a fucking good episode. It, it is so, like... Ver- the very second episode of the show? Yep. yep. Okay. Crawl Space is amazing. Yep. Yep, it'll give you you more insight into Bob as a character, but it also gives you, it continues to build on what we know about the other characters, but God, it's such a good Bob episode. It took a lot for me not to include it, but I was like, this is not a Linda episode, so I'm not going to include it, but Crawl Space is brilliant, and so is the one right after that, because those two episodes, the second and the third, are both episodes where, like, Bob is supposed to be the straight man, right? But there are times when Bob gets completely fucking carried away, which you know because you've watched, like, the Thanksgiving episode. Like, you watch other episodes, so you know that as much as Bob tends to be sort of the the sound or the reserved one in the group that every now and then, Bob, like, will lose his shit and get completely carried away, and it's so much fun when he does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I love that. I love that. I'm so glad that you liked it. You know, there's always that anxiety, especially it's one thing if you make a, a recommendation to someone, and it's not for the podcast, but you're just like, hey, you know, I like the show, and they don't like it, and you're bummed. But it's another thing when you're like, I want to do a podcast episode about this show, and so you're like, oh my god, what if she hates it? So I'm glad that she did not hate it.
0: <laughs> no, quite the opposite.
1: <clears throat> um, Bob's Burgers is one of my favorite shows, animated or otherwise of all time. Um, I think the 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 point that you made I want to talk about is I love, like, in addition to the writing, I also think that the voice, the cast for this show is so, like, perfectly suited for each character. H. John Benjamin is so funny because it is kind of weird. I'm also an Archer fan. I can't remember which one of these shows I got into first. I think I might have into Bob's Burgers first and then wanted more H. John Benjamin and then got into Archer because of that so for me I don't I didn't have that issue of trying to work it out but one of my favorite episodes of Archer obviously is when they do the Bob's Burgers Archer crossover and you like get the character voices from Bob's Burgers but they're animated in the Archer style I, I love that but I think that H. John Benjamin is so amazing at sort of capturing Bob's range as, like, this dry-witted, overworked, tired fucking dad to, like, the other spectrum of Bob where he's, like, an obsessive turkey enthusiast who names his turkeys and cries when they're not properly cooked or when they are shot, which we saw in an episode that we both watched in preparation for this episode. Um, and I can't say enough good things about John Roberts, who is, like, per as linda belcher so just by way of background you know roberts used to do these youtube videos as his brooklyn born mother and lauren bouchard who is the creator behind bob's behind bob's burgers saw the videos and thought that that voice would be perfect for linda like john roberts has been on like watch what happens live as that character like he's just so good I love Linda's voice is just it's so well suited for her character, you know, just sort of the the pushy but supporting loving mother with like that sort of New York accent. But I think it's a very it's because it's not I mean, Linda is not I don't know that we really know where the Belchers actually live, but there's no way that like the Belchers live anywhere other than the Northeast, right? Oh, of course. (laughs) Like there's no way.
0: They sound like they're from, like, Maine or Massachusetts, like, way the hell up there.
1: It could be, because they do have lobster festivals and that kind of stuff on the show, so that would absolutely track. And then I think the kids are perfectly voiced, so we won't talk about the fact that you find Eugene annoying, but I think Eugene Merman is, is like, really great as Gene. Kristen Kristen Shaw is... Louise is... When I first started watching the show, Louise was instantly, I think, my favorite character. I think the more episodes I watched, I came to sort of appreciate the Belcher family as a whole. But Christian Shaw is sort of the, you know, Louise is sort of, you know, she's a tough nut to crack, right? And she's a little bit manipulative, a little bit conniving, a little bit like you might have to watch out for Louise because she might stab you. But there's still something that's absolutely lovable about her character. Um, and I think Kristen Shaw sort of really embodies that very well in the voice acting. And then shout out to Dan Mintz, who does the character of Tina. And, I mean, God, all of the anxiety. Like, I think we all have anxiety, but Tina is, like, on, like, another mm-hmm. level. And it just, you feel it with, like, every word that Tina Utters. So I think that the cast itself is just one of the best parts of the show. But I love that it's, like, it is wholesome, but not, like, cloying. It's, like, it's not, like, overly sweet. Um I like that the writers don't shy away from the fact that the Belchers are basically a check-to-check family. And they have financial struggles. And I mm-hmm. think that's one of the things that really struck me about the show because – I certainly grew up in that environment. We were not like you know super rich or anything like that. There were times when I remember sort of the stress and strain in my family of are we going to keep the lights on? Are we going to keep the heat working? Is the water going to be on? And so I love that the show, you know, is is upfront about that, but not but you know and not in a way that's sort of like okay, you're trying to look at TV as an escape, but it just it it acknowledges it and it comes up. I think in organic ways, and I'm not saying that shows have to be, like, wholesome, but I just think that they do that well. And I think the thing I love most is that, as you mentioned, the Belcher children in particular have three very distinct personalities. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things that I think the writers do is showing how supportive Bob and Linda are to these three you know, radically different kids and and how encouraging they are and how they don't try to stifle them unless it's, like, you know, really going over the line, but even then, sometimes when the kids are totally going over the line, for example, when Tina wants to go to school and read her erotic, freaky friend fiction, like, Linda is, like, all on board, like, I I love that, I could go on but that's sort of the, that's my, like, why I love Bob's Burgers and why I think people should watch it. It's great. It's great. So, Christine, let's get into our watch list, which, as I mentioned, it's on our social media. I would love to hear what your favorite Linda episode was from the watch list. So, of course, I have two
0: responses.
1: And one is more Linda
0: prominent, and then the under other one is the less prominent Linda episode. So I think my absolute favorite from the watch list is an indecent Thanksgiving proposal she <laughs> brought up earlier, um, in which their landlord asks uh, Bob to borrow his family because he yep. wants to impress this woman who will basically only be with him if she's helping him cheat so uh linda becomes the landlord's wife the children becomes the landlord's children that he had with linda and all types of mayhem ensues like the kids really shine this episode like you can see (laughs) which ones are like really good at lying which ones are not you know which ones need like a little bit more help um, and Linda is just absolutely horrendous in this episode. Like, she's so bad. <laughs> yeah. She's so bad at playing this game. Um, and, of course, you have, I, I want to call him H. John Benjamin. You have Bob in the back having a complete fucking inspired meltdown because this yeah. is, like, his day, and he's not getting to do any of his traditions, and he's talking to the fucking turkey and like it the, it's so funny cuz the episode like was kind of slow in the beginning and then it just fucking snowballed and you legit felt like you were on this roller coaster ride and the roller coaster just kept going down 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 down, <laughs> down, down <laughs> right down, down. it was just crazy how more and more insane the episode got as each second went by um, So I really fucking love that episode, but I felt like it wasn't right to list that as my favorite episode. If we're focusing on Linda, I felt like she had to be more in the mix for uh, a favorite episode. So my favorite Linda prominent episode, hands down, Mother Daughter Laser Razor.
1: Oh, yay! That's such a good that episode. That episode
0: was so good. In that it highlighted so many of the reasons why I think Linda is a trash mom. (laughs) Linda Belcher is a trash human being. She is awful. And one of the only people in that family worth a damn is Louise. So basically, this was Linda torturing Louise the entire fucking episode. Yep. And when it finally came down to them fighting in the Laser Park, I was like, okay, Louise is also her mother's daughter. Yes! And I really loved seeing like that come out of linda where linda is like meeting louise where she is instead of like trying to force herself or like force the things that she likes onto louise um so that like she feels better about their relationship she like she was like fuck this i'm gonna kick my kid's ass like what (laughs) the fuck and that's the thing like I think we'll talk about this more later, but, like, Linda lacks a lot of discipline with her kids. There are, Mm -hmm. like, no consequences in the fucking Belcher household. So for her to literally run around a laser park shooting at her <laughs> child, I was like, this is way overdue. This is way overdue. You need needed to assert your dominance like so fucking long ago. But the episode was just hilarious. It says it has some of my favorite lines out of the watch list, some of my favorite moments. It was it was just really, 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 really good.
1: I'm so that is one of my favorite episodes, and just by way of context, like when I was going through like the each season, trying to think of like what are the best episodes to like introduce Christine to Linda. That one was up on the list. Um, I wanted to show that she's obsessive. Um, mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. she's terrible at certain things, but committed. To still doing them regardless <laughs> um sort of the meddling ways into her kid's life um and we'll talk about some of the other you know characteristics of linda later but that is probably one of my favorite episodes of of bob's burgers um the louise and linda stuff is so good because dear god that Fucking seminar, especially like the scene where they're like <laughs> in the womb. Yeah. And, then, and it's Louise <laughs> is still trying to get money for participating, and Linda's like, give me some scissors and let me just cut her out. And like, oh my God. It's like, Linda, you got to find some chill. But also, this seminar, what the fuck? Like, it's just, it's so much. And then, like, the B plot with, with Bob and Tina and Eugene. Yeah, I love that. Getting waxed because, as you noted, Linda gets so obsessive with Louise that she kind of bails on Tina, who's looking for some guidance about shaving her legs. Right. It's such a funny episode. And I think what turned it around for me is when... The the guy, I cannot remember his name right now, but the one that's leading the seminar, like, shoots Louise, and Linda is like, oh, hell no. Like, I can run right. around here and shoot at my kid if I want to, but what you're not going to do is shoot my kid. So It's the combination of, like, Linda's reaction, but, like, Louise being, like, overly dramatic and pretending like she's actually died. Like, oh, mom. Like, it's just, it's so, it's just so good. It's just Bob's Burgers. At its best, but I'm, I'm so glad that you sort of, you know, came up front with, with Linda kind of being the worst and maybe not being the best mom, because as we were sort of preparing for this, there are a few articles and certainly a, a, a sentiment out there that Linda is kind of the worst, but it's sort of what makes her the best, <laughs> like, in terms of being entertaining. She is flawed. Um, and, and Very. Of, mm-hmm. I mean... extremely but what I think works so well about the tension with Louise which is what you note is that they're both just so fucking stubborn so what makes that episode I think work in particular is that you know you have both of them kind of doubling down it's like it's like them not recognizing the fact that you know part of the conflict and part of why you know Louise isn't as close to Linda as she is to Bob, is that they're both just so fucking stubborn. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Bob, the kids can go to Bob and be like, okay, do this thing, and Bob's like, fine, I'll do mm-hmm. it. You know, whereas Linda wants to, like, take control and, like, micromanage it and, like, turn it into something else. So, I love that episode, for sure. For I sure. mean, can we can
0: we have a second for Tina's daydream about her burnt-up leg hair? Um- <laughs> scene was yes, incredible <laughs> that entire sequence was just like i was sitting on my couch with my mouth agape just like <laughs> her little hairy friends have gone up in
1: smoke <laughs> what yes the fuck? and it was like the most tina thing ever yes. like i think every belcher has like this ability to like take some shit and go way too far with it i think that tina is probably top of the list in terms of that ability and who does it the most but yes that was so funny when like when they're talking to teddy and like teddy's like let me feel your legs and bob's like no don't feel their legs yeah no don't do that don't do that (laughs) And then then Teddy is like, yeah, no, I don't know. I'd probably miss the little guys. And then Tina goes on that complete guilt trip about the fact that she got waxed. It's just so funny. And the way that, like, Tina guilted Bob into even getting the wax. He's like, oh, God, here come the tears. Okay, fine. I'll get waxed. And then Gene's insistence on Bob getting a scrotal wax. But wait, did he get... But he no, didn't get the scrotal he wax. The he scrotal got, scrotal got the leg wax. wax. No, he got the leg yeah. wax. But Jean repeatedly was like, wax. Like, <laughs> Gene. I guess maybe I love Jean because Jean is such an agent of chaos. Like Louise is an Yeah, yeah, he's of got issues. But Jean is Gene will bring the big Jawa energy and I, I think Oh he's yeah, seen.
0: he's disorganized chaos. Meanwhile, Louise <laughs> yes. is very organized chaos. Yes. Extremely yes. organized.
1: Yes. So I think my favorite episode from the watch list, it was hard. For me, it was the tie between Bad Tina and Slumber Party. But I think I'm going to ultimately go with Slumber Party because even though it's not, it's more of a Louise-focused episode, there are a few moments that are as iconic as the revelation of Linda being a full-on raccoon person, her obsession with Little King Trashmouth. Mm-hmm. The fact that she brings <laughs> that she finds out that Little King Trash Mouth is about to be deposed. And she they bring him into the house. And it's the it's the part of like Bob sort of just sort of rolling with it and be like oh my god no I looked in his eyes and he's looking back at me and when she like adds in the tidbit like yeah you know he loves red wine I pull out a little red wine for him and then they like pull Teddy into it that is probably my favorite from the watch list I mean I love all of the stuff with Louise and the and the girls but the little king trash mouth storyline is one of my favorite Linda Belcher beats because there are other episodes where she mentions him. Like, we know that Little King Trash Mouth is gay, that he's had a wedding. And so, this episode was just so fun because you get this additional layer into Linda being a full-on raccoon person. And I think the Belchers, like, being, like, having these, like, secret hobbies are my favorites. And this was I just in the end when she, like, where she puts the little dish out for him and pours him the wine. I'm like, there are a few things that bring me more joy than Linda being a total wine mom. Maybe to the point of having some issues, but I'm going to ignore them. So we (laughs) we touched upon Linda as a mom, Christine, but clearly you feel very passionate about that. So I want to hear your thoughts on sort of the episode for you that sort of stood out as like we talked about the laser the laser what is it mother daughter laser razor episode but were there any other episodes for you that sort of further cemented your opinion about linda maybe not being the best in terms of giving guidance and sort of her approach to mothering she is like very stubborn and meddlesome so This is your opportunity. Give us your thoughts about Linda as a mom. And if there are any moments from the episodes in the watch list that sort of, you know, further submit how you feel, I certainly want to hear them.
0: Yeah. So, like, and here's the thing that I've learned from watching The Real Housewives. You don't critique mothers on their mothering. You just don't do it. But since (laughs) Linda doesn't exist, I'm going to feel free to go ahead and say that Linda Belcher's kids deserve to be taken away by Child Protective Services. Linda Linda is a terrible mother. I think she is absolutely horrible. And in watching these episodes, I was just like, oh, my God, I cannot wait to come on the podcast and blow up Jocelyn on this because she is trash. She's Uh, so bad. She's so bad. I'm sorry but she there are no consequences for these little fucking terrorists that she's growing up in her house like no nope. where is the structure where is the discipline I mean you talked about this as a good thing but she convinced her eldest daughter To share the freakiest, most erotic friend fiction to the entire fucking school. Like, she thought that was a good idea. She thought that was a good idea. It took Bob to be like, (laughs) say it again out loud. She's like, oh, it doesn't sound so good when I say it out loud. (laughs) Right. Right. So, like, if Bob wasn't there, God help these children. Like, like her and louise is another thing too like when she was screaming story time to louise like first of all woke up louise to read her a story because she read on some blog that that was good bonding time so she wakes up her child in order to read her a story for her child to fall asleep to and she ends up screaming the fucking story in louise's face also, forced a surprise sleepover on her. Like, Louise told her in no uncertain terms, I do not like the kids in my class. Do not bring them to this house. This was not a mix up on sarcasm like the soccer incident was. Like, Louise is very clear do not bring these motherfuckers into this house. And yes, yeah, she did it. Like, But, like, kudos to Louise for being like, this shit ain't happening, I'm taking out these motherfuckers one by one. (laughs) Her kids don't know how to do math.
1: No. Like,
0: they're old as fuck, and they have all admitted we don't know how to do math. Linda, what are you doing? What are you doing? But here's the thing. I still love her as a character. Like, she's so funny. She's so ridiculous. None of it is mean-spirited, right? Like... I mean, I hope these kids grow up okay. <laughs> <laughs> They'll <That'd> be, <laughs> be fine. But I have to say that, like, the Mo Mommy Mo Problems episode was like that hit really fucking close to home because, like, one mo at one scene she said like shrimp 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 in houses. <laughs> but if it was if it was my mom, it would have been crab 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 in houses. like I just remember going from open house to open house with my mom and my sister. Because my mom just like really enjoyed looking at real estate and we would go to the buffet tables and we would eat, we would go to Costco and get the free samples. Like Costco was all about the fucking free samples when it first opened. Yes, in yes it was. Like, yeah. That was a thing. Like we did that. I would go with her for a little while and do the free sample thing and then I would go over to the TVs and watch whatever sports we're playing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was a weekend thing for me and my mom. But when I heard that shrimp, shrimp, shrimp in houses, I was like, this is my mom! (laughs) Linda Belcher is my mom this episode. This is insane. (laughs) This is insane. So yeah, so that was like, that was a little glimpse, y'all, into my life. (laughs) Just looking at the Belchers, going from open house to open house, not being able to afford shit that they're looking at, was totally what we did back in the day in the Rockaways. And it's kind of something that We still do like we'll still go and look at houses, you know, pre Rona days and just see what's on the market. Nobody's buying a fucking house. Right. Right. Nobody's doing it. But like that was that was like a nice way to spend the day on a
1: weekend. I don't take it's funny. I included that one because as I was sort of thinking about the list, I'm like. Linda is a is I love Linda but Linda is a flawed character like yep. she is she is certainly not perfect and I think that the Mo Mami Mo problems there are several episodes right that sort of put that on display but I thought that one sort of hit hardest in terms of Linda being a little bit flawed not a little bit but being a flawed character who is still like lovable and like you said I think it. It is always well intentioned, but she does. She, I love her, but she takes it too fucking far. Um, <laughs> yes. So my choice for like the episode that I loved, that showed Linda as a mom, but I think sort of a, a flawed mom in all of her glory, was synchronized swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because I mean, there's just so many layers to it, right? First, there's the issue with, like, Linda doing her kids' homework. Like, the fact that Tina was supposed to be recording her dreams in a journal. It was too lazy to do that. So, basically, she's recording Linda's dreams in a journal. I was like, No, okay, Linda
0: is recording
1: Linda's right. her like, Right, Linda picked up the fucking... <laughs> and it's like, Linda, <sighs> says, you gotta stop. Like, this is not Good, but there's no. always like a moment that sort of, I'm not going to say that it turns it around for me, but there's usually a moment where I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't be mad at her for too long. So in this same episode, that moment for me was when Louise poops in the pool Child. to try to avoid them getting judged for their synchronized swimming. And, and named it. It named it Jezebel. Yes. But the best part of it is when Linda's like, oh, yeah, that's my little grand duty. I'm like, okay. Like, I, it's hard for me. <laughs> like, the kids are ridiculous. They have no control over the kids. Like, they are running the asylum. But there is something that I truly enjoy about Bob and Linda sort of leaning into it and not pushing back so when Linda referred to Jezebel aka the poop that Louise put in the pool as her little grand duty I was like god damn it I love her (laughs) and this is like this is like peak it's not good mom behavior but this is like Peek Linda as a mom behavior is what I will say. She's like, oh, my little grand duty. I was like, Linda, Linda, listen, Linda, you need to calm down. Um, And then, of course, we talked about, like, bad Tina, where she encourages Tina to, to, to read the freaky, erotic, friend fiction. Now, I will say, to Linda's credit, she was right about Jimmy Jr. Like, when, when Tina was really, like, nervous, and, like, I don't know what they're going to think about me. And Linda was like, isn't Jimmy Jr., like, into the dancing? He probably likes the artsy-fartsy girl, so he'll be mm-hmm. into it. And at the end of the episode, like, when Tina finishes reading her really, her wholly inappropriate erotic friend fiction, And, like, everyone is like, what the fuck? And Jimmy, at the end, comes up and is like, hey, is that Jimmy? Is that named after me? Is that Jimmy Jr. for me? And I'm like, see, Linda is sometimes right. Jimmy is into that shit. Jimmy is into that freaky deaky shit. So, kudos to you, Linda, for that. But, no, she is, I mean, as a mom, I mean, she is absolutely flawed. But I think it's part of her charm, As a character, not as a mother, but certainly as a character for sure. (laughs) With that in mind, um, Christine, from the episodes that we watched, did you have any impressions of Linda Belcher as a wife? I think she's a great wife.
0: Mm -hmm. I think, like, between the two roles, she's definitely got more points in the wife column than the mom column. At least from the episodes I've seen. Clearly I have a very, very narrow picture into Linda and Bob's relationship and their relationship with their kids. Um, like and and I should flag that Jocelyn picked 12 episodes and I freaked out at that number. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? And she cut it down to ten. And then I watched the 10 episodes, but I had time for the extra two. So I was like, put those two in. And I'm so mad that I did because like in one of the two episodes that she cut, it was basically like the only episode where I thought Bob could be critiqued on his parenting. (laughs) So I was like, Bob is clearly the perfect parent and, and Linda has issues. But I know just based on, Bringing those two cut episodes back, that like, no, there are definitely gonna be more instances of Bob being on his shit because (laughs) Uh, uh, because (laughs) look at how, look at the difference in these 10 episodes and then these 12 episodes. Like, I get a very different idea of him, but I think Linda as a wife was highlighted pretty well in the seaplane episode, right? Yeah. Where like, she's trying to liven things up between them because she cares about their marriage she's invested in it she wants it to work but like she knows that there are gonna be things that are missing from time to time we should jazz things up and we shouldn't always do the same thing like we don't want our relationship to be boring um and their relationship is directly challenged by upskirt kirk which is like the best fucking
1: name ever And then Fish Elder coming in and like instigating it, like you better get there quicker, Bob. Upskirt Kirk works fast.
0: <laughs> fucking ridiculous. But like, not only is she faithful to him, she fucking headbutts Upskirt Kirk, which is just fantastic. Um, so I think she's a great wife. I have absolutely nothing negative to say about her being a wife. I think she's supportive. She does forget from time to time, though, that the restaurant needs her and needs the kids. Because, you know, she gets carried away sometimes with other shit. But I wouldn't even say that that's a fault as Linda as a wife. That's a fault as Linda as a business partner, right? Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't even attribute it to that. So she's winning in my book in the, in the wifey column.
1: Okay, good. As she should. I think that if you sort of had the larger context of episodes, I think that the from the writer's perspective there are more challenges with Bob than there are Linda. I think if, if there was one thought about Linda, is that Linda... Um, can be a little bit loose with the lips, which I think we know from the episodes. Like, she has no filter whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite episodes is where they talk about how, like, she can't keep a secret, and they go to a party, and, <laughs> and Linda comes in and says, Sorry, Relay, Bob had diarrhea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <That> is- <laughs> my God. But But that's, like, that's about as bad as it gets, I think in terms of, I think you're absolutely right in terms of his spouse, like she is so sort of, listen Bob gets fucking weird and you haven't seen like the full range of Bob taking shit too far, but you saw an indecent Thanksgiving proposal, and that was Bob deep into his shit, and Linda it takes her a little while because she's trying to hustle to get that free rent but you but know, here's okay. the thing, though. Like, I don't see
0: anything wrong with singing to your food. Like, I really don't. I don't know if it's, like, the Taurus in me, but to me, that shit just isn't extra.
1: Okay, well, how about... Okay, you know that... You, I don't think this is in the episodes that we watched, but Bob also names his turkeys.
0: Yeah, no, his name was, like, Lester or Leroy or something with the L. I can't he, remember.
1: He talks to them. Right. One of my favorite episodes. Is How Bob's is time. any
0: of this strange?
1: Mm, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: see. I see. I don't see
0: nothing wrong.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying that it's strange. I wouldn't say that at all because I'm into it. But I would say that, to me, that tends to support, you know, what you said about Linda being such a great wife. Because Linda doesn't fucking judge it either. Like, when Bob Mm -hmm. goes out the deep end, Linda is usually, like, ten toes down. Like, okay. Like, you know, it's just what he does. Like, you know, it's it's rare that Linda, like, tries to, like, intervene or, you know, like, try to put a stop to it. Like, typically... If Bob is into it, Linda is right there by his side and she's just rolling with it. Even when other people are saying, isn't this weird? And Linda's like, nope, that's just what he does. That's just the thing. That's just Bob. So I think that makes her a great wife. And I agree. I think the seaplane episode is a, a wonderful example of, like, how loyal she is. She likes to have a little bit of fun. I like that the show portrays them as two people who are, like, still into each other. They still, like, they like to make out. They obviously, like, yeah. to have sex. I mean, and that they're not sort of shy about that, which I think is also a good thing. And... You brought up Seaplane, and it has one of my favorite quotes from Linda where she says, I was going to punch you, but I'm holding wine, which is what she says to <laughs> upstart Kurt right. when she headbutts him. Like, I love a good headbutt, so just perfect, perfect all around for sure. Yeah. So we talked about Linda as a mom, Linda as a wife, and she is admittedly, she is a flawed character, and I think that that is – absolutely part of her charm so i would love to hear your thoughts christine about linda just generally as a character and the episode from the watch list that you felt sort of captured linda like especially as someone that's new to the series like which episode you know gave you i guess the most complete insight the one that you walked away from and felt like okay I get her or or maybe you don't get her but the one they sort of gave you the most context about her as a character.
0: Yeah. Well, um before I get into like the one episode that encapsulates her, um there are definitely some moments throughout the watch list that helped me helped me see that yes, she's flawed but she's so flipping endearing. Mm -hmm. Um, and she does have some amazing qualities that I like, you know, some people might get turned off by the fact that she's so competitive, but I love that. I think that's a great quality that, you know, gives a person drive and can help uplift other people and see things in themselves that they hadn't seen before. Um, and you know for some people that could be a little overbearing that could be a little too in your face um some folks just want to have like a calm existence but those of us who are competitive "Mm," we're like "Mm, we know you can step this up a little bit (laughs) (laughs) um so like the mommy daughter therapy uh was definitely a sign of her being competitive she was out for that mvm sash Ain't nobody else getting that. She wants to be the <laughs> best mom, even though, as you said, she kind of left Tina, who was, like, actually asking for mommy time. Right, <laughs> and right. she's like, I'm going to go to the other one who is like, no mommy time is great by me. We're good. Um, and another example of her competitiveness, I think, came through um, with the high school reunion episode. Yes. her trying to get her high school band together and all of that. Um, I thought was was pretty great. um, one thing I do appreciate about her character is that even though she is extra and can be a bit too much, she's still very genuine, so she's a horrible actress and liar, like horrible yeah she's, <laughs> like she cannot. She cannot play being a rich person to save her life. She cannot play <laughs> being someone else's wife to save her life. Like, she's just not, she's not doing it. Um, also, the singing Ooh, it's is, terrible. is so <laughs> endearing, but she is not a singer, ladies and gentlemen. Like, she just, like, is not. Um, and But she reminds me of my sister so much in this oh, regard. Oh, my God. Because like, sorry, Nikki, like, you know, you can't sing, (laughs) but, but like, she will just make up songs as she's doing things. And my sister is 19 years older than me. So she was basically a second mom. For me, when I was growing up, so mm-hmm. a lot of the kooky things she does, I do because she basically brought me up to do that shit. So like, I walk around my apartment all the time making up stupid ass songs as I'm doing things. Wow! Um, but this is but this is firmly something that I think of as. My sister, like my sister, does this stuff. She can't sing, but she sings anyway, and she'll make up lyrics and make up music to whatever. So when we have episodes where Linda is doing this, I'm kind of shaking my head gently, but I definitely have a smile
1: on my face. <laughs> as she's doing it. So is this your way of saying that you love Pass the Cranberry Sauce, <laughs> like you love the Thanksgiving? <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Thank you for loving me. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I definitely love that moment. I, I almost tried rewinding it, but like Hulu is so damn temperamental on my TV. It's really fucking annoying. So I was just like, I'm going to let this, I'm going to let this shop fly and just like leave it alone.
1: It's interesting that you mentioned that because I ended up having... I ended up just switching to my iPad to watch it, because there were moments where I wanted to rewind, and, like, at least, like, on the iPad, like, you can go back, like, I don't know if it's 10 seconds, 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. but you can go back, it was, I had the same thing, I was like, okay, this is frustrating on my Hulu, my Hulu is, because if you try to rewind, you fuck around, and end up back at the start of the episode, and you're like, this is not where I wanted to end up, so hulu yeah. we love you and if you want to sponsor us we would hope we would uh, you know absolutely accept it but if you want to change that bit we would be open to that um as well but no i think that is absolutely part of her charm is that there are things that she has absolutely no fucking business doing but mama is gonna do it anyway <laughs> and i mean right. the singing is key with gusto <laughs> yes And I love when she, like, gets, like, the – what is it? It's the the Heart Soccer episode when she and Gene just fucking open up a piano bar. Yeah. And it's like, ma'am, what are you doing? And why are you bringing your child into this? Although Gene is, like, the perfect character to, like, go down this, you know, rabbit hole with. It's like you have no business doing this. And there there are other episodes that you just – when, when you're saying things, I'm like, okay, you just, you definitely should watch season one because there's some, things that you're <laughs> I saying think I'm going I'm like, to, yeah. And I'm like, there, is, there are some, some tidbits from season one that I think you would enjoy. Um, but I agree. Like, she's, she's, she can be horrible. She can be pushy, but it never comes from like a bad place. And even when she's being like, you know, her, her like most terrible like when she's just at her worst I'd like that the writers bring her around or at least try to in a way that feels organic so you know we have a, a full circle moment with her and um Louise and the laser tag episode but I also thought that we had a great moment with her and Gail and I mean Christine the legend of Gail is like a whole thing but like in the, the purple rain union episode the high school reunion episode where you know she keeps telling Gail like no Gail you can't sing your weird song about this dude's neck hairs and and it's it's tied oh my into- god that song though <laughs>
0: texted you i was like what the fuck <laughs> is this song very deep topless
2: your neck hair makes me weak hey that's you yeah <laughs> won't you enter my
1: I guess, subtopics that you could do a Bob's Burgers episode on. Like, you could do a whole thing on Gale episodes. We could do a whole thing on, like, musicals. Because the one thing that kind of saddened me about our watch list, which I think I should be upfront about for our lovely listeners – insofar as they are hardcore Bob's Burgers fans. Like, Bob's Burgers is known for its legendary fucking songs. Like, there are some songs that are a hot fucking mess, but the absolute best. But we didn't really get a lot of those in the episodes that I thought would give you sort of the best kind of introduction to Linda But there are some amazing... Because those episodes are more like Bob episodes or Louise episodes. Like, one of my favorite songs is a duet between Bob and Louise when Bob gets stuck to a toilet. Like, you could do a whole... Yes, child. It's a mess. You could do a whole episode on, like, the musicals and the songs. You could do a whole episode on, like, just Thanksgiving episodes. You could do a whole episode on, like, just Christmas episodes. But I didn't want to sort of... Put, well first of all they didn't all deal with Linda so I didn't think they belonged in the list but second I didn't want to sort of compromise our ability maybe down the road like when we get into the holiday season we could literally do a whole episode about like the holiday episodes because they're fucking hilarious but this show is is, is known for its songs um, I would argue that maybe the best songs are not the ones that have been sung by Linda <laughs> Uh, that's another reason why they didn't exactly show up on the mm. list. Um so we talked about Oh, and I still need to answer your original Oh question. yeah, yeah, We have not talked about it. So <laughs> okay. But I love the point nonetheless. But yeah, I wanna hear about your thoughts, um, on Linda as a character generally and the episode or episodes, um, you know, more than one is always are is always welcome. You know, the ones that you thought sort of really helped you, as someone particularly new to the show, you know, get an introduction and an understanding on a deeper level of our dearest Linda Belcher, who is both the worst and the best.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so I've, I've, you know, I've brought up the mommy-daughter therapy, um, which was... Um, God, which episode was that? That was m- mother-daughter laser razor. Yep. And um, the high school reunion, which I believe is Purple Rain Union. Yeah. Um, and a few other things, but I think like the one episode that does a decent job of encapsulating who Linda is is Eat Spray Linda, which is. Yeah. Her Mother's Day episode in the uh, episode list where Linda is just like, there's just one bad thing after the other that she could have totally prevented. Like, all of the bad things that happened to Linda for the most part linda could have prevented on her own Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know she just keeps spiraling and spiraling and spiraling into what should be the worst mother's day ever and
1: i I think it's i think it's her birthday right i I thought it was mother's day is it her birthday I it's, guess it's her birthday. Mo Mommy, I just wanna be sure, just so we don't get the wall actually Mo Mommy More Problems is Mother's Day, but I'm pretty sure that Eat Spray Linda is her birthday.
0: Oh, you are right. You're right. So it's her birthday. It's her birthday. It should be the worst birthday ever. But um at the end of the episode she's happy and content and really pleasant. So I think it's a it was a great episode of you know, displaying how Linda could be doing absolutely the most, but still, like, persevere and have a good outlook at the end of the day. Meanwhile, her family is realizing how integral she is to the community. You know, everybody knows Linda, and they're all surprised. Well, at least Bob is. You know, some of the kids know some of these other folks because Linda has brought them into her, like, little mini world with them, Right. Um, but Bob is like, whoa, she does this in the afternoons and she does this in the morning. She goes here and she goes there. Like the kids know Linda's routine, you know? Um, so that was a little bit of insight into their marriage too. But I guess Bob is just so busy with the restaurant that he doesn't realize, you know, how invested into the community Linda is and how well ingrained and how everybody knows and either loves her or hates her. (laughs) (laughs) So it was pretty great. He was like, "Yeah, the town really has mixed reviews on your mom," but the fact that like the the uh, piano singer at the hotel she takes is her
2: like, PMs and the PMs.
0: Like, <laughs> just like, Linda, you are doing the absolute most, but at least you found your people who like embrace you for that, you know, and we'll sing songs about your bowel movements to. Customers in the town's
1: fanciest hotel. She takes her P.M.s to the <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm so happy that you picked that episode because as I was crafting the list, I felt like that was the one that sort of gives you more context to like who Linda is outside of like being – outside of what we see like in the restaurant and all on you know on her like little ventures that she goes on but I also thought that it was really insightful about her as a mom as we're talking about this like as a as a salute to Mother's Day what what I loved most about it was that when you learn about these sort of like Side adventures that Linda is going on is that like each of them is reserved for one of her kids. So like when she goes to the fancy hotel and takes her BM and PM, that that song. <laughs> like, that's with Tina. That's her and Tina thing. Cause I love that the piano Sing was like she takes her BM and PM. Hey Tina, what's up, girl? Like he knows her. So <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's the thing that she does with Tina. And then when they go to the bakery where Linda has fucking been banned and her picture is, like, on the wall of shame, like, that's her thing with Jean. Like, they go there and they get the samples and they overindulge. And now Linda's been banned, but that was her tradition with Jean. And then when, like, Louise sort of reluctantly brings up, like, all right, I've got a place. We're going to go to this pet shop. And you find out that not only is, like, Louise into these cuddly, cute puppies, but Linda's been talking to the fucking parents. She's been talking to the, the birds because one of them says, all right. Like, I love that, <laughs> that you get this insight into – you get all of these layers of Linda as a character. But as a mom, you see these, like, regular traditions that she set up with each of her kids, and each of them feels like – very like uniquely suited to their personalities like Gene would absolutely be the kid that you take to the fucking bakery and overindulge in the free samples and get banned and i love that like you think Louise is like you know so harsh and so you know tough but you can tell Louise is you know she's got some soft spots so of course Louise loves to 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 snuggle with like cuddly little puppies and I think that Tina is absolutely the kid that you could be like, listen, kid, I wanna take a BM in the PM in a fancy pe- in a fancy place, you know, where I'm gonna make recommendations about the potpourri. And Tina's like, I totally support you in that. Like it, it just it, it was to me sort of a very lovely portrait of of Linda as a character, but also Linda as a mom and these, you know, individual sort of relationships that she's built with her kids that that they are, they're learning about it in the episode and Bob is also learning about it as her husband. So I'm so glad that you said that because of the episodes on the watch list, I thought that that one in particular was the one that spoke, you know, strongly to sort of Linda as a character and why we love her despite her being the worst. And I think that it's just further enhanced with, like, Linda's adventures, as you mentioned, like, all of these side adventures that she's going through when she, like, leaves the house that are all completely preventable, but she just keeps, like, spiraling down, like, breaking her glasses, getting sprayed by skunk, and then, like, a beef with, like, the the chalk, the, the sidewalk chalk people is, like, classic... Linda, it just, I think of the entire series, it's the best Linda, like Linda-centered episode for sure. With that in mind, we've talked about our favorite episode, well, not favorite episodes, but we've talked about, like, Linda's mom, Linda's a wife, Linda's a character. Christine, there are so many to choose from, so I won't blame you if you have more than one, but I would love to hear... Your favorite Linda Belcher quote. And make it a good one, because I'm going to totally tag John Roberts in, in these tweets and be promoted on social media, because <laughs> John is usually, like, a good... Like, whenever I tweet about Linda, like, John Roberts always favorites my tweets. So,
0: make it a good one. It is confusing the shit out of me, because every time I hear John Roberts, I'm like, the fucking Chief Justice of the Supreme Court? But, like, no...
1: No, somebody else, uh, Christine. So. There is only one John Roberts that matters, and do you know which which one it is? It's the one that voices Linda Belcher. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so
0: I have multiple lines. I love it. I love give them
1: give them all to us.
0: Okay, so I wrote all of them, but I'll give you I'll give you the ones that I like the most. Okay, but
1: I want you to to give me the rest for social media purposes, but yes, give us, give us. Okay, I'll give you the full (laughs) list. I'll give
0: you the full list offline.
1: Okay. Um, But from the
0: bottom up, we've got season three, episode 10, Mother Daughter Laser Razor, and it's Mm -hmm. an exchange between Louise and Linda. And Louise says, after she's, like, extorted her mother for the first time, it will be many times later, Um, throughout the episode that she does it but she's like this is going to be the hardest money I've ever earned Ah, and and Linda (laughs) says unless you become a hooker
1: (laughs) okay yes yes that's a good one
0: (laughs) so then next we have season 4 episode 3 seaplane and these are just like random lines that tickled me so much I feel like Most people would hear them and, like, not even give a shit. But I laughed so fucking hard when she was like,
1: got me (laughs) mots. She was (laughs) asking for mozzarella. (laughs) And the thing that's so perfect about it is, listen, Christine, I got to tell you, there was a moment. As I was rewatching these episodes, where I had to go and look up Linda's birthday, because I was like, Linda gives me very, like, big Taurus energy, because she's, she is really into her snacks and her food, and I guess this is also me just sort of having watched other episodes, I'm like, Linda does not, there's literally an episode where Linda is supposed to be on a diet, and they go to a birthday party, and so Linda decides that it's okay for her to lick the icing off the cake instead of eating the cake in order to honor her diet. Oh my like, god. <laughs> so I, I had to go. <laughs> because of her dedication to good food, I had to go and look up, like, when was Linda Belcher born? It's June 3rd. Linda is a fucking Gemini, which I, you know, I'm just. I, I to know, me, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't know how to feel about it because as a Scorpio, we don't, really do gemini's but when that good twin is out i'd like the good twin that's what I'm
0: <laughs> <laughs> so but i feel like this is some big gemini energy coming up with the second line from seaplane that i really enjoyed and she's talking to upskirt kirk and to me this is also a little hint towards um louise's energy but she says there's probably somebody out there for you some freak <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> it's like, okay, with the shade, just like trying to be positive, trying to be Linda, but at the same time, be like, some freak is out there for you. Um, And so my absolute top two lines of Linda's came from the same episode, and it's season two, episode three, Synchronized Swimming. Yes. And... Bob is like, why the fuck are you doing prenatal yoga when your youngest youngest fetus is nine years old? And she says, it keeps my pelvic floor perky. (laughs) And I was just like, what the fuck? I wrote that down immediately. I think out of when I was watching all, oh no, 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 I did have some episodes from season one, episode seven. But I was just like, oh, I'm writing this one down. Um, and then my absolute favorite line is a line that Linda never should have said, but she said it anyway. It is completely inappropriate, but at the same time, I don't know how Linda identifies. She could be a woman of color. She's a little orangey on the show. I mean, I don't know what she is, but, uh, she's in a knitting store And and she says, what up my knitter? Yeah. <laughs> that would be it.
1: Yeah, okay. So, no. Yeah, no. That that was a little questionable for sure. There is an episode where the Belcher family gets, like, taken against their own will on a cruise ship. And Linda becomes obsessed with tanning. And she talks about, I'm so dark. I'm so tan. I'm so tan. And it's a little bit icy. Um. Yeah. No. That was... I'm not going to defend Linda. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, it made
0: me laugh. But then I was like, I don't think it's appropriate for her to be saying that.
1: But I still find it funny. So there we go. It was hilarious. Okay, so as you've been talking, I've been thinking about certain characters. And I had to do my Googles because, you know, we encourage doing Googles and Kegels on this podcast. Do you know Louise is a fucking Virgo? Wow, I cannot believe she's not an Aries or Sagittarius, but Louise is a Virgo. Um, guess who the she'd make more sense, but you never know. Sagittarius
0: could be like her moon sign or her rising sign.
1: I want you to guess who the Taurus is of the show. Oh, they have one. There is one. I found one. Yes.
0: I think I'm going to be mad. Because if it's anybody other than Bob, I'm going to be mad. It's Bob! Okay, okay, good. Good. No, because I'm like, do you not understand that, like, I'm like, why do people think it's strange that he's singing to the turkey? This is perfectly normal and acceptable behavior. Who doesn't name their turkey? I name... Other people's turkeys all the time when I go over for friendsgiving,
1: I'm <laughs> in charge of naming the turkey. Bob's birthday is April 29th. So there you He's go. He's the day after it's day me. Oh my after God. you, Christine. so like, oh, no wonder I love him so
0: much. I understand him. Yes.
1: This is this explains so very much, mm-hmm. but I I had to sort of do that deep dive because I think that we needed to know. Um, yeah, I love your quotes. Um, I got more
0: for you. Like, chew it up like a little bird for him. He's platinum yes! status! <laughs> yes! Oh,
1: my God. When she was trying to get Teddy is it at B&B, and she was like, no, yeah. you chew it up like he's a baby bird. You chew it up for him. And Bob is like, seriously, Linda, what the fuck? Like, calm down, fuck Linda. Like, what the fuck like that episode and the whole thing about Teddy like having sort of the, the phobia and the beef with the furries because his ex-wife it, it's listen Teddy could be a whole episode and there are like so many like separate episodes that I could that I could pitch about Bob's Burgers because they're just so many layers to the themes the characters the songs all of it so, I'm going to give you my favorite quotes. My first one comes from an episode that you flagged earlier, which is the Thanksgiving episode. It should come as no surprise to anyone that these are all, like, drinking-related for the most <laughs> part. Uh. Okay, so I think that our podcast is now – I think we have two themes that go across every episode. One, consumption of adult beverages. Two, thirst so all of mine relate to either one of those two themes so I loved in an indecent Thanksgiving proposal where Linda says I've only had half of four bottles of wine Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it's like ma'am that means you had two bottles of wine (laughs) like I did I know the Belcher family is not good at math but I've done the math that means you've had two bottles and I love you for that um, we talked about my favorite seaplane quote which was I was going to punch you but I'm holding wine which I feel like is a, a serious mood like someone gets on your nerves if you got wine in your hand headbutt them that is right. a nugget of wisdom from Linda Belcher priorities yes and then there are a lot of gems from Bad Tina Bad Tina is, you know to be honest was the episode where i thought linda might be a taurus because when she and bob come home from the (laughs) what is the caking show
0: oh (laughs) my god oh my god another reason why (laughs) bob and i are the same person because i was like The fuck is this show that Linda is dragging my man Bob to? This shit is so (laughs) stupid. And then they actually do it, and I'm like, I want to see cake. I (laughs) want to see
1: cake. Like, he goes to it, and he completely gets carried away. And it's like, in this moment, I understand Bob. Because I feel like I'm typically the person who's like, I don't want to do that shit. My answer is no. Just consider my answer. You can keep inviting me. Just consider the answer no. I will probably show up reluctantly and get into it. (laughs) So. Oh, my God. I so want to see a production of cake. You don't understand, Christine, how much, like, we have to see how things go. But, like, I want to do a whole episode about Bob because we have not. We have to
0: now because I'm obsessed with Bob. We have to. Okay. I love you, Christine. I listen. I'm going to put all that work on you, though, of course, though, because you're going to have to figure out which episodes we have Because
1: we can do it for Father's Day. We can salute yes. Bob. This could be, yes. like, because like, I really, especially now that we know he's a Taurus, I'm just like, okay, now we really got to do it. But, like, the fact that Bob gets carried away with that fucking cake thing, I'm like, I'm not a Taurus. But I relate to sort of that initial energy to be like, uh uh, I don't wanna do this. This is some bullshit. I'm not into it. And then, like, 20 seconds later, Bob is like, come on, come on, give me some patty cake. Like, it's so (laughs) funny, but we can be obsessive. There are some like serious Bob quotes from that episode, but let me get back to Linda. So oh, I yeah. Love, so I love that there's a point where, like, Linda is talking to the crackers and telling the hey, crackers, crackers, where are you, crackers? Okay, crackers, you're coming to bed with me. That's what made me think, like, is, is Linda a Taurus? Because she's literally inviting the crackers to bed with her. And, like, listen, me as a Scorpio, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in because I want to invite the crackers to come to bed with me too. A Taurus would never
0: invite crackers into the bed. Because we love comfort. We love food, but we love comfort. And we would never eat something that had crumbs okay. in our bed. Would we... we eat a turkey leg in our
1: bed? Hell's fucking yeah. Which but not Bob crackers. Which not bo- crackers. Okay, oh my God. Like I can already hear like the Bob episode in my Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, okay, fine, fine. We will do a Bob Belcher focused episode. Father's Day and you have my commitment that I will get that fucking watch this done for <laughs> <on> Father's <laughs> Day. Because that's also part of the work, right? Jocelyn, get, yes. get your shit together. But, one of my favorite epi- my favorite quotes from Linda in that episode is when she says, Mommy doesn't get drunk, she just has fun. <laughs> I'm just like, like, Linda, God damn it, I don't care what you do. I, like, that was one of the moments where I was like, I love Linda with my whole heart and there's nothing that she could do that would ever make me not love her. Um, and then my other favorite Linda quote, like I love Linda for like the thematic purposes of our podcast. Linda is clearly, like I said before, a wine mom. And I haven't even touched on all of the wine forward moments. Cause there's like an episode, Christine where Linda and Bob and the kids go on a fucking wine train thing. And like the kids what? have their the kids have their own like separate like sort of excursion on the train and Linda and Wine get into this wine tasting composition competition and like the the quotes, the memorable moments is so fucking good. I haven't touched on any of that for this episode because it that episode was more so centered on the kids, but just so you know, this is sort of the the context that we're getting with the with the Belcher family. But in addition to loving Linda, because she's a wine mom, and we love anyone who loves an adult beverage, whether it be wine or something else, Linda is also thirsty as fuck. <laughs> so There are some other episodes that I left out where, like, Linda, like, there's an episode where Linda slips some, like, bootleg Viagra to Bob because she wants to have some sexy times. And that shit gets really weird and freaky. Didn't even include that in the list because I'm like, okay, we've got a limited set of what we can do here. But we still, in my opinion, get thirsty Linda. And one of my favorite quotes from her is when, like, Bob is, like, talking about the soft-serve machine, and Linda starts, like, daydreaming about Tom Selleck, and they're having this total, like, ghost moment, but, like, Linda starts singing about Tom Selleck, and I'm like, you are such a thirsty legend. One of my favorite thirsty quotes from Linda is when she tells Bob and the kids, no, I think it's just Bob, when I die, I want you to just cremate me and throw me in Tom Selleck's face. But yes, anyone <laughs> that knows Linda knows that Linda has the deepest of thirsts for Tom Selleck, and I love me a thirsty wine drinking character, and that is Linda Belcher, and it's why I just fucking adore her, and it's why that quote made my list for favorite quotes. But so. Can I
0: can I bring things back to the overall reaction question? Yes. So in my notes, I have I keep very minimal notes for the podcast, just like a quick hit of things I want to say. But for the most part, all of my responses are off the cuff. But for overall reaction, I only have two bullets. One, she's a terrible human being. <laughs> two. The obsession with Tom Selleck is warranted.
1: Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Linda is our people. Linda is thirsty, and Linda drinks adult beverages. Oh, my God.
0: We need to text John Roberts, Chief Justice John Roberts, and find out if he wants to be on the podcast, because I would love to have a conversation with Linda Belcher.
1: Right. Like, hello Chief Justice John Roberts. Have you not understood that there's a way to rehabilitate your shitty reputation by leaning in to the John Roberts who portrays Linda Belcher? Think about it. Consider it. Do it. We're trying to help you. Oh no.
0: I've Listen, I cut that motherfucker out. Like John Roberts, who does the voice of Linda Belcher, is now being called Chief Justice John Roberts, because that's the oh! only Chief Justice I recognize now. I love that.
1: Okay. <laughs> Record it. Clip it. Put it down. But yes, no, I completely agree. Like John Roberts is the only Chief Justice that we recognize. And I feel like the John Roberts that actually matters would appre- would like seriously appreciate I love John like John Roberts is just everything, guys. All right, Christine. You've talked about our favorite Linda moments. We've talked about Linda as a mom, as a wife, favorite quotes. Linda. I mean, Christine, I called you Linda. Take it as a compliment <laughs> because I'm a Well, fine, because I know you want to have Linda on the
0: episode. It's fine. I we do. can have Chief John, John. We can have Chief Justice John Roberts on instead Chief of me. That's fine.
1: Justice John Roberts join us as a guest. Turn off your metronome. And don't say both sides. Okay, so <laughs> Christine Linda Belcher is known for taking shit way too far. It is kind of part and parcel of who she is as a character. I would like to know of the episodes on our watch list. It doesn't have to be like your like your favorite. Like I liked it, but in terms of the like when you're watching it, particularly as a newbie. Which episode gave you the moment where you're like, holy shit, Linda, you take a shit way too far. I mean, for me, this was the
0: easiest fucking question to answer. And honestly, it's the very first episode on the watch list. Like, to me, she never reached. That was like, peak taking shit way too far. And that was that fucking bed and breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Like, first of all, you don't even prep your kids. You're just like, get all your shit out. Like, we're turning our upstairs into bread and breakfast. It's going to be amazing. I mean, her whole battle with Louise over this shit was just absolutely incredible. And then, like, the levels to which she forced her guests to participate in mandatory fun was just
1: out of control. And, I the, mean, and, and the guests themselves. Like, you had the freaky couple who was no. into the BDSM, and then you had poor – what is his name? Javid? Mm-hmm. And his <laughs> and a
0: f- his name <laughs> was
1: a whole thing, too. Jesus. Right, right,
0: right. With the Beatles, and it's just, like, the S&M couple are, like, your ideal bread and breakfast couple. They just want to be up in their room and, like, left the fuck alone, right? Yes. But not Linda, not linda linda is opening doors like these are her children going to bed at night like i'm gonna come in and give you a kiss good night at the end of the night no motherfucking let these people sleep (laughs) how are you opening doors and like not even knocking and being told to come in before you do that shit yes it's your house but these people pay for that room the fuck are you doing like oh it's okay so my whole my whole note is doesn't recognize boundaries
1: no (laughs) linda has not met a boundary that she would recognize but i also want to use this opportunity to sort of like shoehorn in my pro gene agenda because i know that you're not like feeling gene but when linda has that mixer and Gene comes out in nothing but his underwear because he's like, I'm not gonna get my clothes dirty. And I'm just out here to talk and chat with everybody. And there's like a, like, it's like a raisin or something on his body where he's like, oh, no, it's not a raisin. It's like, it's like, a, it's, it's it's not a mole. It's actually a raisin. That was peak Gene. Like, I love Gene. And I love he Gene. He just put in a, gene, he just put
0: a, he just put a raisin on his body. Yes! Yes, yes, and
1: but he comes out to the group gathering in nothing but his underwear because mm-hmm. he's like, "I'm a not raisin. here." Yeah, mm-hmm. and a raisin. Mhm.
0: Yeah. I thought it was a
1: good, it was a good Jean episode, yeah. but also a perfect example of when Linda takes something too far. Um, my moment was from indecent an indecent thanksgiving proposal the season three mm. episode five episode there are a few things that make me laugh harder than when linda is trying to fake cry and she goes to get like the fake the onion <laughs> so that she can like put the, the placement of the onion yes yes and she's like trying to use the onion to help her cry and it's just like that working and you're just like oh god linda you are just such a fucking mess, but I But love she you
0: gave so herself a third boob. Like she wasn't yes! even thinking about like how the onion looked in her dress. It was just no! so obvious no! she had such a
1: It was really about having the accessibility to the onion so that she could then use the onions and pat it on her eyes and make herself cry in order to sell herself to fish holders, um family. That home hussy that Fish Older was <laughs> was lusting after in that episode. Um, that was sort of a a peak, Linda being extra And we're talking about an episode where Linda had a whole fucking Thanksgiving song and kissed Fish Older, but that fake crying scene took me all the way out. Um, for sure. I mean, she's ready to be the most when
0: shit's at stake right like when there's a big payoff like for them it was five months of rent right yeah yeah or whatever the fuck his name is and then with the bnb like she thought having a good bnb would get her into heaven which i feel is like the highest
1: place. <laughs> yes <laughs> so like, where she was like <laughs> so when i die and, and god's gonna be like congratulations Linda. that it's also the whole like when I die, I want my ashes thrown into Tom Selleck's face. Like, yeah. Linda is like the height of being extra. Like, at all fucking time. Or She'd make a great podcast guest. We got me. make this happen. She would! We would love! And by extension, John Roberts. If you ever listen to this, and Chief Justice podcast, John Roberts. Chief fucking Justice John Roberts. If you want to do a podcast, you have an open fucking invitation because you are legendary as Linda Belcher. And we love Linda. I mean, Linda is, prob- is is our problematic fave, but we love Linda. Linda is a hot fucking mess. And I think I can speak for us both when we say we love a hot fucking mess. For sure. So, We've talked about the favorite moments where Linda takes something too far. Um, Christine, I figured as you were watching this, you are probably going to have some very like strong feelings about people who were not Linda. So I want to start off. I've got two questions related to that. Yes, so I wanna ma'am. S- I want to start first with, a favorite moment with Linda and another member of the Belcher family. But that being said, I would fully accept Jawa energy and I would accept Linda and someone who may not be part of the belt. It could be Linda and Teddy, you know, it could uh, be Linda. Uh-huh. But just a Linda and someone that's not Linda moment, give us a favorite moment.
0: So I don't, I don't I'm not bringing that much uh, chaotic energy for you. I've got a clear answer and an honorable mention for right. this but for me like my favorite moment with linda it's just it's just something that's gonna make me laugh the entire fucking time and i feel like based on my responses thus far this is not a surprise but it has to be linda quote-unquote kidnapping louise and taking her to mommy daughter bonding like yes that whole episode but particularly that scene in the parking lot <laughs> Was so fucking funny with Louise screaming out the car, "I've been kidnapped!" (laughs) (laughs) Like, just it's starting from there, and just Linda like trying to bribe Louise into behaving, and all of this. Where I'm just like, these are your parental skills on display, Linda. This is why I got issues with you and these children. God damn it, they are wild. They are so wild, um, but that scene in particular was just uh, was so funny, and you know we've already talked about that episode. But my honorable mention actually goes to a moment that you've already referenced. And that's Linda and Jean having their piano Yay! bar show tunes and mouth foods. <laughs> Linda and Jean together
1: are just—they're a legendary. dynamic duo. Yes. yes, yes, they are.
0: Like, I love that whole side of that episode. Um, so wait, was that the soccer
1: episode? Yes, it was hurt. Okay, hurt, hurt soccer.
0: Yeah, no. So I loved how it was like their secret wish when they were like, oh. We always said that if we are alone in the restaurant yes. again, we, like, really we would do make a piano bar. They were yes. ready. They were ready to live Listen, their dream. They were
1: <laughs> fucking scheming against Bob and the business. They were like, Bob is out of here, bitch. It's time for a piano
0: bar. Let's get it. <laughs> Show tunes and mouth foods. Like, yes. what other foods are there though? <laughs> Uh, mm. ear food nose food I'm confused but it was good it was good I liked the beats and everything was, was oh my god the drama that they brought in was ridiculous yes <laughs> but I love the two of them together I feel like they have the most functioning relationship mm-hmm. at least from the episodes that I've seen you know
1: I um, think you're right I think you're right yeah I think that that there is a there is an undeniable chemistry between Linda and Jean. I, I think it it goes to the fact that both of they both of them like musicals, and mm-hmm. but like they love the two of them love a musical, and it sort of springs forth these wonderful moments. I'm going to be a little Jawa chaotic. So the prompt, lovely listeners, was favorite moment with Linda and another family member of the Belcher family. Um, I'm gonna go with Linda, and a moment related to the Belcher family. And I'm going to go with the beef squatch episode, which is like mm. one of my. It's like one of my favorite Gene episodes, but it's also a fair. It's like one of my favorite Linda episodes because we learned that like Linda doesn't really know how to like cuss right? Because, like, right. like, 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 when it's <laughs> time for Linda to cuss, she's like, oh, boobity, 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 poo right? Like, <laughs> Linda, sis, girl, whoa. Seriously, Linda, that is not a cuss word, okay? Like, Linda, mama doesn't have a single four-letter word available to her in that moment, so Linda, like, takes off her top and shows her boobs in order to save her family, and then you have this, like, Wonderful moment between Bob and Eugene. It's like Bob, Eugene, and Linda are just all showing their nips in order to like <laughs> save the family. Um, free the titty, it'll yes. save the family. Free the titty, free the nip, show the nip, nips of nips save families. Um, mm-hmm. But one of my favorite moments from. The Beef squash episode. There are a few. Like, one is, like, when they go to this, like, highfalutin pool party. And, and Linda is like, is, like, Bob and Linda enter the party. And Bob starts screaming at, like, the local weatherman, like, say this! Say this! Like, say this! It's like, she's yelling at him to, like, say his catchphrase from his weather forecast. Which is, like, completely on brand for Linda. But I also love that – I love when they go to this pool party and Linda is talking to this, like, female anchor from the news network, Pam. And she's talking to Pam about, like, oh, how fame breaks up the family. Like, oh, my God, fame is going to destroy us. Like, you know, oh my god, I have to save the family, and then there's, like, a subsequent scene, like, where Linda can see the tension between Bob and Jean, and Linda, like, goes to, to the news acres and she's trying to get them to cancel the show, and they're like, nope, fuck that, we're not canceling the show, because the show is good for ratings, so we're going to keep it going, this is similar to, like, when we had a monkey on Get On Up, which is the show that's in, that's in question here, um, I love that I love all of the get on up related references whether it's at the pool party whether it is the final scene where like Linda shows her boobs in order to like help distract everyone from like Bob and Eugene fighting from each fighting between each other it's just it's my favorite Linda moment because she's like going out there for her family trying to save them trying to protect her but doing so, at the cost of showing her boobs and it becomes super awkward like at the end of the episode where you have like Teddy talking about like his her boobs not looking the way that he thought that they were like being a different color and like not being asymmetrical it just it just really like evolves into a mess but that is one of my favorite like moments of Linda Another mo- another member of the Belcher family is when she, like, talks to Pam, and Pam gets drunk at the pool party, and, like, Pam is, like, throwing up, and, and Linda is, like, holding her hair and trying to support her, and how it eventually evolves into this whole moment where Linda saves her own family by saving them from this Get On Up show that is dividing them because... Beef Squatch is more popular than, like, Bob just doing a cooking show. Mm. We've talked, I think, a lot in our our coverage of Bob's Burgers about other family members. (laughs) But I think that – I don't think any episode of, of like, Bob's Burgers, even if this is a, quote-unquote, like, Linda-centric episode, would be complete if we didn't talk about – particularly for you, Christine, as someone who's new to the show, there's got to be some other members of the Belcher family or maybe even Belcher family adjacent that you took a liking to. So I want to hear who piqued your interest, who did you see that made you think, hmm, I want to see more of this show. Who did you love outside of Linda?
0: So I think anytime Teddy's on the screen, he's an absolute treat. You know, we've talked about my astrological sign a lot this episode. If there's anything that Taurus' value, it's loyalty. And to me, there is no loyal loyaler friend than Mr. Teddy. I fucking love him. He's so dedicated to the family. Yes, he's in love with Linda, but he doesn't let it get too weird. <laughs> He's there every day eating burgers contribute I don't I I hope he pays. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he gets the family discount. I don't know. But Teddy's great and Teddy's there for you in a pinch and uh, I wish all the episodes featured Teddy, but the fact that he wasn't in every episode just made him such a fucking delightful treat when he was there. So I fucking love some Teddy. But I the love uh well, I, there's no way I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, But there's only one character I have notes on in my notes. And to be honest, this person has more notes than Linda does. <laughs> uh-uh. Because
1: is it, who is it? Is it Bob?
0: It's not Bob. Who is it? You guys, in so many of the shows that we've done, I've identified this type of person as, like, my favorite character. You've got Arya in Game of Thrones. You've got Carrie in Sprinter. So, obviously, Louise is going to be the Queen Belcher for me. She is (laughs) my absolute favorite fucking Belcher. I love her. Jocelyn, are you still there? I
1: am. Okay, like, okay, okay. No. I was
0: surprised you did. I was just surprised you didn't scream. That's No.
1: Cuz I just did hear I'm like, okay, I I've, I've been like intervening like on every other. So I was just trying to like <laughs> practice some restraint, but there's also part of me like knowing you and knowing that you're you're a daddy's girl. I, I like am. I was hoping that you would love Christine. Like I was like you need to love Louise. Like I'm like Louise feels specifically tailored to yeah. Christine's interest. And listen, I'm not a daddy's girl, and I goddamn love Louise, too. Like, I feel like anyone that watches Bob's Burgers, the first character, just based on the writing that you that you should take a liking to, is Louise. Christine, so I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I'm going to let you know, there is an entire episode about someone taking Louise's ears from her. Her ears? Her hat? Get the yeah. fuck out of here. <gasps> 15. <laughs> oh, I'm not ready. I'm
0: not ready. I'm ready to fight whoever the fuck this is. <laughs> I'm ready to fight them. I'm ready to fight. And the thing was, I started, I started the show like, what the fuck are these ears? Like, why is this chick wearing this hat? She's such a badass. You know? I was like... This Christine. chick is running the joint and she's wearing this hat and I don't understand this hat at all. I don't like it. I'm not into it. But of course, after a few episodes, like that issue fell away. Especially yes. when especially when she was like, I have I have a staph infection under this hat. Like don't fucking yes. take my hat like She's try to get
1: out of gym. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, I've got a staph infection. I can't say, take- Oh my God, Christine. And so I, it's not a Linda, like, it's not an episode that relates to Linda, so I didn't include it in the list, but I'm just, I'm telling you right now that, like, one of my favorite episodes of Bob's Burgers ever is when someone had the fucking unmitigated audacity to steal Louise's ears, and it's the fucking best episode, so... I've got to think about how we build that into like we've got to revisit Bob's Burgers because we okay. need you. We need you on the record about that episode in particular. But it's it's the season two premiere, so I'm just gonna tell you that much in case you, you know, decide to go back and watch other episodes. I'm telling you that it's it's that that is the episode, but. I mean, Louise is the fucking best. She yes. is.
0: She's clearly the ringleader of all of her siblings, even though she's the youngest. She's yes. able to fucking pick locks, she's diabolical and like systematic. In her diabolical nature. Like, that sleepover episode where she just, like, systematically took those bitches out one by I one. I love that episode. Was and when, she, amazing. And, when she, and when
1: she ultimately bonds with the girl who pees the bed, yeah. Like, it's so yeah. perfect. Like, it's just... Like, the fact that she chooses, like, you know, not to embarrass her, she's like, no, like, okay, you know, right. this, this is your thing, and, you know, we get it, it's not a big deal, okay, like, why don't you say? and, like, that girl ends up being the only person from that sleepover who ends up staying, although I would have been in favor of the girl that gave Bob the fancy braid in his hair, letting <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> her stay, too. No but like I but that's I
0: I love the fact that they show a softer side of her too like just because she's diabolical and systematic doesn't mean she doesn't have a heart right so like right when right. she's playing when she's playing soccer with everybody and she and her dad are like ready for them to get shut outed so that they can Go home and stop playing this bullshit soccer stuff. That's one thing where Louise and I differ is that I love to play sports, or at least I did when I was her age. And she's like, Mm-mm, I'm not into any of that. I don't know what it is that Louise does all day. But when she was ready to sacrifice her happiness in order for the team to not be shut out, it was their last game, they've been shut out in every fucking game beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was really sweet. And also, I think the episode where they got, I think it was Bad Tina, where she got Tina to do her chores, her and her brother's chores for a month. Right. But when she heard, when she realized that Tina's friend was really, you know, not a friend, she was like, Messing with Tina is a privilege, not a right. Not a right. That is the best. Yes. Right. You need to get your shit together, ma'am. Only I and my brother can bully the shit out of Tina. You can't do it. You don't have that right. You have not been granted that privilege. And I loved her for it. You know, like, of course, you can take advantage of the people you can take advantage of. But, like, if they're your people... You can do it in a loving way. Oh, Christine. But, like,
1: Christine. you
0: got to step in while other people do that shit because can nobody take advantage of your family like that? You can't do it.
1: You can't Okay, do it. so, lovely listeners, there are at least two episodes I'm going to try to get Christine to buy into. A Father's Day episode about Bob because Christine needs to see the other side of Bob that wouldn't be reflected in a Linda Citric episode. But, oh, my God, there's so many things I want to tell you and spoil you about with respect to to Louise. Louise is the fucking, like, Louise, I love all of the kids. And we could literally do an episode about each of the kids. But in terms of being sort of engaging and interesting, I do think Louise gives probably the best material. Yes. I wrote down my favorite quotes, by the way. Okay, Absolutely. give them, give them to
0: us. Get, just do it. Just go with it. Just go with for it for the material. So, of course, leading off with the "Messing with Tina" is a privilege, not a right. That was when I started um, writing down her quotes. Above it, I have pooped in a pool and named it Jezebel. But we didn't talk about that. Jezebel is a fucking legend. Yeah, I, I don't remember what episode this was from, but it was definitely before the mommy-daughter razor laser razor episode um but she said at one point you lost me at love and brought me back at sharpshooter." shooter i
1: was just like what that's the that's, fuck a, that's an indecent thanksgiving proposal yeah that, that is louise talking to the hussy that yes that, 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 that fish shoulder that fish shoulder like so the woman that actually shot at bob and his turkey yeah 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 and of course the
0: I've been kidnapped line is just amazing. And I had to include that. During the sleepover, when she found out that her friend was a bed wetter, she said, I'm no narc. So again, loyalty. Love that. She yes! ain't no snitch. I love that. And then uh during the soccer game, when again talking about sacrificing her happiness in order to not be shut outed, she said, Those brave little idiots <laughs> Listen, like...
1: Louise Belcher, so in our notes, I said Linda Belcher. Like each of the Belchers, in and of their own right, they're all legendary. Yeah. But if we're gonna be if we're gonna rank sort of the legendaries, Bob is probably number one for me. But Louise is definitely a close second. I mean, then it's sort of, it's kind of a mix, it's sort of a a free-for-all with the rest of them because they're all so fucking funny. But Louise is amazing. Like I said, we could do a whole episode about Bob as a dad. We could do a whole episode about Louise. We could do a whole episode about musical episodes. We could do all, like, that's Bob's Burgers. Is the gift that keeps on giving. We could do a whole fucking episode about, t- about Teddy, because there is some weird-ass Teddy shit that happens, too, that I haven't even touched on. I need system. to know about
0: the weird-ass Teddy shit. Ooh, I
1: love Teddy with my whole heart, but Teddy... Ooh, child. Teddy is... I can see mm. he's a mess,
0: but we have to do a Teddy episode at some point.
1: We may have to do a Teddy episode, because Teddy deserves. Teddy is amazing. Just another spectacular character and another character that i think like going back to one of our earlier points like just someone who is perfectly captured by the voice actor as well like i mean just the writing the voice actor it just all works really really well but i'm so glad i'm so glad that you're open to more discussion about bob's burgers because it deserves no i'm in i'm in it's so good um but,
0: so. Yeah, I've gone on for so long about <laughs> Louise. There's, and you have yet to be able to share, you know, which other member of the Belcher family you're in.
1: Oh, I love Bob, and maybe that is the Taurus loving Scorpio in me. But it's God, gotta be—he's your sister's son. Like I fucking love Bob with my whole heart because the thing I love about Bob and this. I'll actually tie this back to Linda. So I think one of the things that works so well about the writing for Linda, when you think about Linda in terms of other female characters from other animated shows, there is a trend for the female leads to sort of be treated as the straight person in terms of comedic purposes like you know to be uptight to never have any flexibility to never have any humor like when you think about a marge simpson or a lois from um family guy like typically the female characters are supposed to be sort of the the moral compass the uptight character the character who's on the straight and narrow but linda is like the complete opposite of all that like listen If you are looking for a moral compass or looking for someone who's going to do the right thing or someone who's going to, like, lead you on the right path, Linda Belcher is not fucking it. But if you are looking for someone who's going to be thirsty about Tom Selleck, who's going to drink copious amounts of wine, who's going to be, like, overly obsessed about a raccoon and be whimsical and and sort of, be the comedic relief or be the one who's, like, spontaneous and whimsical, Linda Belcher is your fucking girl. And I think that is, for me, what makes Bob's Burgers, like, so different from a lot of what we get in terms of the, you know, animated shows and what they're offering. It's part of the genius of Linda Belcher as a character and, To that end, I love Bob Belcher because Bob is a straight man. And one of my favorite quotes from Bob Belcher is like he's talking to his family and he's like, I love you all. but you're the fucking fucking worst. He doesn't say the fucking worst, but he basically says, (laughs) I love y'all, but y'all are the worst. And I'm like, I have never related to a character so deeply in my entire... Like, Mm -hmm. Bob is, like, perpetually tired. Bob, like, does not want to be involved in the nonsense. There is this one episode called, called Art Crawl. It's one of my favorite episodes, and if we do... Like a Bob-focused episode for Father's Day, then Christine, you can absolutely know that art crawl will be on that list. But there is this moment in art crawl, like where all of the kids are like sharing these like weird like revelations about their their personal life, and like every time one of them says something, Bob is like, "I can't deal with that right now," and then the other <laughs> uh-huh. kid comes up, and Bob is like. I can't deal with that right now. And then, like, the third kid says something that's, like, ridiculous, and Bob's like, oh, I can't deal with that right now. Like, Bob is a fucking mood. Like, Bob, that whole I can't deal with this right now joke has become, like, an inside joke between me and my mom. Like, when she, like, texts me and says something, like, ridiculous about the family, I will, like, send her a picture of Bob Belcher and be like, I can't deal with that right now. <laughs> so it's like, so if there is any Belcher that I took a liking to other than Linda, it is Bob, my favorite, perpetually tired, overworked, turkey-loving, turkey-whispering. Like, guys, we haven't even gotten to the episode where, like, Bob may or may not be revealed to be a bisexual icon. Like, there's just so many. Like, I love Linda, but I love Bob with my whole fucking heart. Like, I love the Belcher family. Like, I could literally do an episode on each of the Belchers about why I love them and why they deserve your love. But Bob certainly ranks high on that list. He is a fucking delight. But it's, for me, as someone who is, like, just sort of, perpetually tired and just sort of like, oh my God, you want to do this thing? Okay, I'm going to do this thing, but I'm going to do it reluctantly and you're going to have to drag me into it. Bob sort of represents that energy always. Um, He's just the best, and I think that it's just further punctuated by H. John Benjamin being the voice of Bob. It It just really... Brings life to that energy. I don't. I can't think of another voice actor who could sort of give you that energy like H. John Benjamin does. So,
0: no, there's a reason why he does all these fucking shows. Like he's yes. just a fucking genius.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: I mean, but Archer has a lot of that tired of your shit. Yes. He, as
1: yes, well. he does. Yes, he
0: does. But um, but yeah, I I strongly identify with Bob. Like Bob is a like you said a perpetual mood for me. L- Louise is like who I aspire to be. <laughs> this little yeah. nine year old who doesn't give a shit and will just like steamroll everybody. That's kind of who I aspire to be a little bit. Um, which is probably why I gravitate towards her more. Than the character who I'm just like, well, oh yeah, of course, like, he does X, Y, and Z because that's what I would do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean?
1: <laughs> yes. And I almost think it's like my love of energy makes me feel that much more like I'm a Bob. You know what I mean? It's like I can't match yeah. your energy, Louise, but what I can do is, like, support it. And you, and I think that the one thing that comes through in a lot of the episodes is that like Bob is always aligned with with Louise like it doesn't matter like Louise doesn't have to say anything it's just like you always know that they're like always on the same wavelength for sure so getting to our final talking point so we talked about who we love so I had a bonus question Christine and my bonus question was like I said, in terms of the episodes that we watched, these episodes do not in any way, in my opinion, sort of capture like the iconic songs from the show. But I would love to know if there was a song or two from what you watched on the list that that captured your heart or make you said what the fuck or, you know, was notable.
0: It's just like the credits were rolling for an indecent Thanksgiving proposal. And that fucking cranberry sauce song or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I was just like, song. this is <laughs> incredible. How do I work this into the podcast? Because I need to steal this song and stick it in there. Because <laughs> it's just so good. With like the pauses and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just Yes,
2: no. the cranberry sauce we're having. Mashed potatoes! Ooh, the turkey looks great. Thank you for loving me. Glenn. Thank you for being there. Please. Thank you for loving me. Oh god. Everyone's thanking.
0: The whole Glenn. world's
2: thanking you. Stop. Thanking Glenn, stop. us for thanking you. Glenn. Kill the turkey. Glenn!
0: It's just so delightful, and also, like, it's about food. It's about one of my favorite holidays where we get to, like, just sit and eat and be with family or be with friends and and talk over a really good, well-seasoned plate of food. And listen, I forgot to mention this earlier. Like, I have to wonder about Bob's credibility as a tourist, though, because he just put, like, a little bit of black pepper on that turkey, and that was it.
1: <laughs> okay, so... I promise you, if we come back and revisit Bob, let's let's say maybe as a Father's Day episode, there is an episode in particular about, like, how methodical and how thoughtful Bob is about seasoning his fucking turkeys. I promise you.
0: I'm just saying, all I saw was some cracked black pepper and that was it. And you should have no, seen my face no, when I saw no, that. No, no, I was like, this poor turkey that he has been serenading – and, like, talking to, like, it's his best friend. How dare he? How dare he? No, just put a little it. bit of freshly cracked black pepper on him, and that's it. That's not love.
1: There are some episodes. It is a multi. There, There's way more to it. I, I, I don't want to spoil it, but I just want to say that Bob puts way more into that.
0: I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. I'm just saying it's not what I saw. Again, you know, you took two episodes away, and then I watched those two after I watched the others, and I had a very different impression of Bob after watching those two episodes than I did in watching the ten. So I know I'm missing a lot. Yeah, I know I'm missing a lot. So I have faith. I'm just saying they could have, they could have had, they could have dedicated, you know, ten more seconds to, like, some other seasoning.
1: No, I completely agree. And I would probably feel the same way if I didn't know there's one episode in particular where Bob, like, really gets into the specifics of what he does for his turkeys. And you're like, okay, you are really committed. And he has, like, a complete, like, fucking meltdown when shit doesn't go the way that he needs it to go. (laughs) So, like... We just have to put that on the – I'm going to put that on my chip for if we revisit Bob specifically, we need to put that in the in the rotation for sure because yeah. Bob ain't fucking around with the season. Like, you're not going to get an unseasoned turkey from Bob. That's, I, I would eat Bob's food, and I don't say that about everyone, but I would eat Bob's food for sure. I mean,
0: I was listening to his recipes in beef squash, and I was like, oh, I
1: might try that. <laughs> there's a whole like there is a whole there's a whole book of recipes dedicated to Bob's unique burgers and the unique burger recipes that he comes like the the titles that he gets in. so oh yeah
0: no the titles are good just do not get the child molester burger like I just no and I no. think that
1: was wasn't that wasn't that Louise that was Louise
0: that was one hundred percent Louise
1: yeah I, was that the first episode yes I that was pretty pretty the very sure first was. episode yeah. Yeah, because I feel like
0: I would like have written that down in my notes somewhere. But yeah, no, that was the first episode yeah, <laughs> that I, I did on my say. own.
1: And Bob would never do that for sure. No, would never, never. Bob would never. Um, in terms of songs, so I have. So I've already talked about my love for "She Does Her BM and the PM." Like that is my <laughs> kind of my jam. But aside from the song about Linda's BMs at the fancy hotel, I had two others. So, one of mine was Quickie Kisses from Seaplane. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Because it's so catchy. Quickie Kisses. Mwah! Mwah! Like, none of these episodes, in my opinion, have, like, the iconic songs. Like, we have not even touched on, like, Oil Slick, which, if we do a Bob-centered episode, I will include the food truck episode so that you can hear Oil Slick, which is a song about a woman's vagina, which (gasps) is, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't understand. Like, the songs from Bob's Burgers, they are fucking iconic. But who's singing it? Um, so they end up at this food festival, and it is Megan Mullally, who is the wife of, um, oh God, it's the actor that plays Ron Swanson, whose name is escaping me right now, but it's this whole song where she's like, ooh, it's hot and wet, and it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's and there's a scene in the episode where, like, Eugene's like, oh yeah, she's totally talking about her vagina, and Bob's like, Gene, no, and then Bob hears. It, he's like, "Oh yeah, no, she's totally talking about, um, yeah, yeah, she's having my her, oh her vagina, my or her or, like, yes." So, but it's not that episode for me wasn't like a big Linda episode, which is why I didn't like. Unfortunately, I didn't think other than like maybe the Thanksgiving episodes. And some of the Christmas episodes, and I didn't want to go heavy on the Christmas episodes or even include them because I'm like, at some point we might decide to cover, like, holiday episodes um, as, a, as a one-off because they're so funny. I didn't want to put too many of them, but what it ended up in was a list that didn't have sort of the more iconic songs, but Oil Stick is certainly one of them. Um, but in terms of what we got from the Linda Belcher offering, I loved Quickie Kisses. Like that—that is my jam, (laughs) and my other jam is slumber party fashion show. This show is really really good at the songs. Um, Oil slick is one of my faves. We didn't cover that for this episode, and then like I said, the duet between Bob and Louise when Bob is stuck on the toilet is really really good. But there was no way I could sort of organically work that episode because it's just really not a Linda episode. So if we're if we're gonna do a Bob episode, then. I think the Bob episodes tend to feature more of the iconic songs, so we could certainly include that Mm. as a discussion point because this show is definitely known for its songs, which are, like, just hilarious. Oh, my God, I'm just thinking about Sheesh Cash. Sheesh Cab Bob is one of my favorite episodes from the earlier seasons, and that has an amazing um, song to it as well. So, Lovely listeners, we're going to table that for now and just give you this Linda offering um, because Linda's Thanksgiving song is also iconic and amazing, and we've touched upon that, and I think, Christine, unless you have anything else to add, that sort of wraps up our discussion about Linda Belcher. I mean, she's legendary, she's problematic, but just, I mean, so fucking likable. I mean, just we love her. Not maybe not the best maybe not the best mom, right? But as far as characters go, enjoyable, hilarious, entertaining and just so worth the time in terms of the watch. Definitely.
0: I think the only thing I want to add is just a uh a comment from my heart to our listeners, so this should be airing after Mother's Day in the United States, and I know that that is always a complicated time for folks, especially for those of us who are separated from our mothers, never knew our mothers, our mothers may be incarcerated, our mothers may be um
1: they may have passed away it may, may have, have passed
0: of- there you know and then the title of mother is not one that is always bestowed to people who actually are mothers or mother figures or is a title that folks don't necessarily want but do have um there are those of us who are trying to become mothers and find it difficult and those of us who are mothers who wish that they weren't. And it's it's a complicated, complicated time for so many. And I just want folks to know that we see you and we love you. And we hope that this episode has brought you some joy during a time of complicated feelings and trying to just work things out. Um, so lots of love from the Amani More Wine podcast to all of you.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And at her core, Linda is just a really funny, fictional character.
0: Hells yes. <laughs> That's I mean, it. it
1: just, just a really, like, messy, complicated, fictional character. But we love you, we see you, and we're here for you. And hope that you all enjoy this, but we also, like, get it. Like, listen, it's not easy. Mother's Day isn't easy. Father's Day isn't easy. These are very complicated Times and, and this episode is certainly not in any way meant to overlook or disregard. So we love you and send you lots of love. And we salute, I'm not going to, I don't like the word non-traditional families. We just salute families and family connections Across the board, because they come in so many different ways, shapes, forms, and fashions, and they are just all worthy of being celebrated and, and just you know appreciated for sure.
0: Yeah, that's what I do. I drink. So I think that's gonna wrap it up for us. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of I'ma Need More Wine. Uh, Hopefully you will join us next week where we're going to kick off our Does It Hold Up? series where we look at a movie from years past and see if it kind of holds up to standards of today. So if you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell everyone you know to do the same. Hit us up with some likes, some stars, some ratings, some comments,
1: whatever it is that you've got. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at morewinepod and message us with your comments and feedback. We want to hear from you, particularly if you have experience with rock skipping. Guys,
0: <laughs> we we'll um, Professional rock skipping. <laughs>
1: Yes. I don't know. I'm here for rock skippers of all sorts, but yeah, no, no, no. Seriously, if you're doing it professionally, we certainly want to hear about your experiences because we clearly have lots of questions there. You can also email us at morewinepod at gmail.com. We love you for listening. We thank you for joining
0: us, and we will be back next week! Ciao!
1: So when I do my, re- my second listen, when I come up with the, what do you call it? Oh, okay. Oh, God. I'm drunk. You've been Shit. drinking
0: too much damn sangria. <laughs> yep. Yep. I have reached, I have not even finished my entire bottle of my- Have whole... you had half of
1: two bottles, four bottles of sangria? <laughs> I've only had half of one bottle of, of Cabernet Sauvignon from- Smith and Hook, but thank you, Smith and Hook, because y'all got me fucked up.
0: Um <laughs> so